Uh, how do I? I don't remember how to podcast. It's been so long. <laughs> Hello. Raven. Hello, this is Zachary. Zachary Duncan. <laughs> it's been so many years since we've done one of these recordings. I've almost forgot how to do them. So, you know, honestly, it just sounds like you were sniffing some of your magic hot sauce. The, the, the one du- that Duncan was- Pride one hit KO. Yeah, it just gives Selling like hotcakes on the side streets. Except it isn't because you're not selling it. It's because it's too valuable. <laughs> it's liquid gold. One of a kind it is. I made it from my own blood, sweat, and crying. So you turned from old to pirate old. Yar! <laughs> Try me hot sauce! <laughs> this chair be high, says I. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the only true thing that just happened was that my name is Zachary. And welcome to the podcast. I'm a co-host of it. Hi. What are, what are you? What am I? Oh gosh, that's a question for the ages. We've got time. But but who I am yeah. is Alison Krauss. Oh. Other co-host. Well, that's fascinating. It's good to have you here. It's good to see you again. I know. It's been just... so many eons. My I just had an alert go off. I apologize <laughs> to the listeners. I've forgotten oh, to deactivate dare you. all of my things. Always. And then mine's gonna go off and they'll be like, yeah. Yeah, it happened to you too. I it's on silence. What's what's going on here, Apple? It's uh, it says it's on silence, yet I heard it. So this is not my fault. Is it like one of those super important notices that will pop up regardless if you say silent or not? Oh yeah, my mother's probably in agony somewhere, going to the hospital for being in a fryer fire, and that's why I've gotten the alert. Well, a fryer fire sounds terrible because then you have the hot oil and the flame. Exactly. Someone probably tried to put it out with water, and that's not a good idea. And honestly, someone should have that conversation with your mom about, you know, air frying is much healthier. Well, maybe she's working at a McDonald's. I was making a hypothetical where someone was actually physically trying to fry your mother. and then Oh, like running after her with frying materials? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crispy fried mama. <laughs> what on earth? That sounds amazing. We need to get in touch with Pie Pies about this idea. Who? Pie Pies. Have, Pie. you, have you never eaten at Pie Pies? No. I don't know what that is. Well, it's like KFC, except it's from Louisiana. Oh. It's not Kentucky based. It's Pie Pies. So my dad always talks about how he... Okay. <laughs> Come on now. He wants to go to churches for fried chicken. And when he means churches, he means Popeyes. So I guess there's a southern chain also called churches. And that it's very similar to Popeyes. I I just got out of a 14-day forced quarantine. Yeah. So you've spent a lot of time with you, man. I did. We went to the Disney, the House of the Mouse. How was was that? It was wonderful. Oh, my gosh. um, It's one of my favorite places to go. I will say that... Even though the crowds were supposed to be less, like they're capping the attendance at 25% capacity, mm-hmm. some of the days it did feel very full. Um, yep. But we were very lucky. We got to experience Rise of the Resistance, God. which is the... So jealous. So mm-hmm. jealous. It's the new Star Wars, right? There's a couple of new Star Wars things, but this is like the 
main event. There has never been a ride made quite like it, where the whole experience of the ride is actually like half an hour. Wow. So when I uh, what I heard about this place when it was first opened to the public was that it was very small and there wasn't a lot to do. So I guess they've expanded on it since then. Um, so when you look at the, the area itself there, okay. So it's, you walk in, um, there's the queue for rise of the resistance and then there's the queue for the ride smugglers run, which you're riding in the millennium Falcon trying to get a payoff. So you can either be the pilot or you can be a gunner or you can be an engineer to repair Oh, so the Millennium Falcon is a, is a ride? Yeah. I thought it was just like a thing you could walk into and see, ooh, it's cool being inside the Millennium Falcon, but it actually does stuff. So you don't get into the model, but inside you board the Millennium Falcon. That's where I was sending okay. you all those pictures from. Right. When they guide you to your ship, there's four seats. And so it, it, since it was just Mark and I, he was a gunner, I was a pilot. And we basically are in control of the ship and we're trying to get a, a payoff, trying to steal things. That sounds awesome. So how much control did you have of the ship? Enough to make me seasick. <laughs> Sweet. Space sick. Motion sick. Motion sick, yeah. Yeah, because it's basically when you're in the, the cockpit, it's um, the, the window in the front of the ship is what you're seeing. So it just kind of, it moves around. Like it's very realistic feeling because they do hit you with like different... I don't know how it works, but they, they kind of tilt the ship so you really feel like things are mm -hmm. are going. And then Mark had a very good time shooting from the back. He's like, hold or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm super jealous. Have you been to the, uh, I guess you've been to Orlando, right? The Orlando Studios thing before? Universal Studios. Universal Studios. Yeah, that's a, that's what I meant. Mm -hmm. um, so have you been to the, the Simpsons area? So when I went to Universal Studios, is actually part of, I was at a healthcare conference that was in Orlando and they rented out Universal for a night uh, for just people who were attending the conference. Oh boy. That's and fun. a lot of free food and beverages. And Dang, that's the way to do it. Yeah. So I did not get to do Simpsons because they, they that was part of the park that they didn't keep open, I guess, because it wouldn't be lucrative, but hmm. we got to see the Harry Potter area. Um, Sweet. So you got to go to the Harry Potter stuff and all your food and dr drinks were free? Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. What 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 job did you have at the time? How do I get hooked up with it? It's the same job I have now. I actually just got a uh, reminder on my memories that this happened a year ago today. Wow. Well, the, the reason... The world has changed. <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, the reason I ask is because in the Simpsons area, there is a ride that sounds kind of similar to the Millennium Falcon experience you had. So you get into what is just kind of a, a roller coaster type seat. I think it's got space for six people. And it kind of looks like around you is kind of an inner tube or something. And then the walls and the ceiling is just one big screen. So when the people come, they sit you in there, they clamp you into the seat and then they leave. The lights go down and then the screens all light up and it looks like you're in you know, Simpsons world. And then your inner tube thing kind of bounces around and at various points becomes a car and then you explode and fly up in the air and then you land in the water and it becomes the inner tube thing. But it moves all around and it really feels like you're doing that. Gave my dad motion sickness, but I loved it. Oh, that sounds really cool. No, I, I wish I could do that because you know me, I'm a big Simpsons person. Yeah, it was awesome. I was also really sad that I get, didn't get a Simpsons donut. Oh, I don't. I, we didn't get a donut when we were there, but we did go to the Krusty Burger. Mm -hmm. I'll have to try it. 
Yeah, guess we'll have to go to Disney. So the 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 the, the really important thing though is uh I swear to god if you ask if I'm pregnant, I'm going to just like are you, are you pregnant? That is the question that I've gotten since I've been married every day <laughs> from someone. If I'm like, "Oh, I have news." And the news is something like, you know, I saw a podiatrist and they're like, "You got pregnant." And I'm like, "What?" I know. I, you had this conversation with Kaya when she was on the podcast. Yeah. Well, she, she's been starting it since before I was married. Now that I'm married, it has been everyone else. Like, I had to get blood work done, and my dad called because he wanted to talk about my roofing situation, which that's a whole other story. Well, you, said you, you hired roofers that forgot which roof yours was. After they started, they took off my neighbor's roof <laughs> twice. <laughs> well, half of it. Like, they, yeah. they had done the front of yours yeah. and then went to do the back and then got confused. Yeah. It, <laughs> I guess that's how people get mullets. Well, it's good to identify a person with a mullet because you know that they're the type of person that would confuse your roof. <laughs> but no. Not oh, yeah. So not, I, not pregnant then? No. I, I went to the lab to get blood work and my dad's like, what kind of lab work? I was like... Well, I, w I was seeing a gastroenterologist and they want to like, yeah, yeah, check yeah, on yeah, something. Right. So he's so like, well, pregnant. that's not gotcha. what your mother was hoping for. <laughs> like, Good to know I'm disappointing several generations of people. Exactly. And you're also disappointing all the potential children that you're just. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have an ignoring. egg in there that's like, hello. <laughs> I'd like to be born, please. Jeez. So, uh, no, no, no. I don't care about unborn children. What I care about is, did you get me any presents? I, I did. Well, <laughs> you opened them. Oh, that was it? Till oh. Christmas. I have to wait until Christmas. Okay, that's like, you know, three weeks away. <laughs> <laughs> it will be by the time this episode airs. Yeah, now, we, we got him the card game that Han Solo played to win the Millennium Falcon. Uh-huh, Sabak. Sabak. You have and to do the hands. Oh, or Sabak. Sabak. I guess that makes sense because you do want to check to make sure that I don't have anything up my, my flesh sleeves because mm -hmm. I'm wearing <laughs> rolled up my sleeves. I bet the, that's a false hand, though. You're going to pop it open. There's going to be a card inside. Yeah, it's going to be the winning Sabak card. Sabak. And then I also got you uh, Star Wars Coke. I know. Super cool. looks like a thermal detonator. Yeah. So uh, fun story is uh, those are exclusive to the Star Wars lands and they look like Coca-Cola. They have one for Sprite. They have a water bottle one and they have Diet Coke, which I think is funny. I don't know why. Of all <laughs> it's the funny things, that they have Diet Coke. Well, it, in the special shape, like you would think that they would do just, uh, I guess Diet Coke is a popular flavor. Is it a flavor? Would uh, you consider Diet Coke a flavor? Apparently it tastes different, right? So people say, I don't know. I don't drink it. No, I've never been a soda person. Very occasionally. If it's like the only thing to drink somewhere, I'll have like a Sierra Mist. Well, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, it's it's tasty, I guess. I'm not a soda person, but it's less intense than most sodas, I think. Now with even less flavor. It's like whispering the name of a soda in a separate room. I'll take it. See, that's my <laughs> type of soda. That's what I want. But you don't want diet because of the aspartame. I don't mind a little bit of cancer. So, do you have any more stories to regale about your uh, Disney experiences? Did you go to the Star Wars lightsaber area? We did because we wanted to see them being made. And they have this really cool, like, factory line kind of situation. We didn't see the full $200 showcase one that you could do, but there was a separate build-your-own arena. And they also had uh, a droid kind of building-looking thing. So was it like a build-a-bear type situation? Yeah, you, you pick the different elements and then you assemble. 
Oh, so you get to actually assemble it? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I, I think you have the guy there to help you, and then they have to put in the fancy, difficult screws. I got it. But, uh, and you guys chose not to lightsaber? Well, Mark had, uh, he was torn. There's a couple things that he really wanted. Um, one of them was a remote control droid. He's like, but if I have to be real honest, I would only use it to play with the dog and the cat. Well, to see the, what they would do. Is there a better reason? And he's like, and then I would get mad at myself for taking it out of the packaging. Oh, well. <laughs> I can't I can't help him with wrestling with that kind of guilt, but uh, yeah. playing with the dogs and cats with a flipping customized droid sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Man, I am so jealous. Just of the Star Wars thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, not, so, a, not of marriage and maybe having a baby, which you may be having. It's mainly just ha- having the opportunity to go to Star Wars land. So one thing I will say is if I do get pregnant, I have to wait at least, you know, until I'm past that first trimester before I can share the news with anyone. Uh, because 25% of pregnancies end in fetal death. Oh. And then after the first trimester, it's safer. Allison hitting us with some more downer news. Wait until we get to the trivia section of 1984, which, by the way, I was like, didn't we cover 1984? I was like, no, we did 85, 86, 87. I know. We seem to be having good luck with doing different years in the 80s. (laughs) Well, anyway, so any more exciting Disney-related news? So you need to go when they release the space restaurant. They actually launch you into space. Mm Mm-hmm. And the whole restaurant is a giant screen, so it looks like you're in orbit. Oh, that sounds really cool. And the Imagineers actually timed it, so what you're seeing from space reflects the actual time in view of what you should be seeing reflected back down on Earth. Right, right, right. So it's a very real experience. I dig it. All right, going to Disney mm-hmm. next week. Okay. So um, what's new with you? Uh, thank you for asking. I got a PlayStation 5. What? And that's that's about it. <laughs> so how how did the recording of your solo episode go? It hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Uh, you know, the thing you're supposed to do when yeah, I was away. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I you've had my cat, so I can't be too mad at you. <laughs> uh, I also watered your plants. Oh, gosh. I need to get my house key back because that has caused a lot of accidents in the last couple of days. What? Oh, me not locked yourself out? Yeah. (laughs) A couple times. A couple times? Well, it's because I forget that it's not on my key ring. And I'll be like, oh, I need to go run and do this thing. And force a habit, I always lock the door. Yeah. So. How do you lock it from the outside if you don't have a key? Oh, I lock the bottom part of the handle and then close the door. Oh, I see. I see. see. All right. Well, I'll give it to you on your way out. But, um, yeah, I, I got a PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. I can lord that over all the other people that don't have one yet. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed a graphic improvement on your plane? Uh, well, the games that support that, like Spider-Man, yeah, that was remastered to be PlayStation 5, so I think it's got ray-traced windows and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it looks nice. So, podcast news, if you don't have any more news, if you do have more news, I'll pause. Well, you're staring at my screen, so you know I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> I, all I see is the icons. Oh, yeah. No, in podcast news, I just uh, can reveal now that we are on YouTube. What? Except for any Disney-related content. Uh, or Fox-related. <laughs> and, and basically anything that we've got a recording of a song that is somewhat well-known. Isn't Disney Fox now? Uh, well, that's a good point. But, yeah, no, I think we're going to get hit by that from basically any any well-known theme song. Gotcha. Also in podcast news, our sweepstake is still going strong, folks, but not a lot of people are following the rules. We got to reshare it. Got to reshare it. 
Yeah, we got to be annoying. Yeah. I'll be annoying. I'll be your like podcast MLM chick. What's an MLM? It's the um, multi-level marketing like uh, Mary Kay or Plunder or Herbalife or Pamper Chef. It's the thing where people have uh, someone who tells them to buy the things and then they're like, you could be a consultant too. Look how much money I'm making. And then they wow. become a consultant and they don't really make any money until they get consultants. Like the berry juice episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I got you. It's a pyramid scheme. Yep. So, gotcha. But I need to do that, but with podcasts. Yes, you're our pyramid <laughs> podcaster. <sighs> so, uh, do you have any more podcast news? Just to say that, you know, follow us. Go at Rose Tinted Reels for Facebook or Twitter. Twitter. Oh, we also have a very fancy new Zachary created RTR community face place. Oh, yeah. That should have been in the podcast news, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can uh, join the conversation. Go join our Facebook group. It's called the RTR community face place. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we do have comments. I bet if we went to the face place, uh, a few of our posts, we had some comments about stuff, stuff and things and whatnot and, and such such as this. I'm, I'm trying to stretch things out because I know we have good news coming after this, and I'm just You're, I'm you're trying to savor. I'm just stretching savor. at the moment. Um, Everyone's going to be on tenter hooks. That's how it is. It's not tender. It's tenter. Tenter. Take that home with you. All right. So do we have any good comments on our RTR community face place? Katie Romano says, were you expecting him to eat an entire plate of dates? So this is a photo that you had posted from uh, when we had done our uh, an episode with uh, dates involving dates. Yeah, the what first was... Indiana Jones, the bad dates. Oh, there were bad dates in that yeah. one. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And so I, I felt inspired to let you sample. Look, people, it's not that I've got a terrible memory. That was weeks ago in real time. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, that was on October 26th. So before Halloween, and yeah. it is now November 17th. That is how long it's been since we've seen each other. Yep. And I also haven't finished uh, editing the first Indiana Jones one that's going to be going out this Friday. So I haven't gotten to that part. Did you just speak that into the universe to give yourself a... It's happening. I I got a deadline. It's going to (laughs) happen. She's going to burn my feet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. So you want to get right to the the reviews now? I'm so excited. We have three five-star reviews that we will have to read. Uh, Everything of what they say. All right. So let me get my reading voice out. So there's one that is the most recent one. I think you need to read that. It's quite chewy, meaty, lengthy. Okay. So. All right. So this is a five-star review. Just to remind everybody out there that if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the show no matter what it says. However nice, however mean, however off topic, you could talk about something completely strange and abnormal. You can promote your own podcast. I don't care what you do. If it's a five-star review for us, you can say anything. We sound cheap. That's fine. Uh, I'll (laughs) I'll, I'll be cheap. Yeah, I'll be cheap. I'll I'll be cheap all day long. All right, so our first of the three five-star reviews that we have is from Roberto Scalise. And the subject is, read this, you silly bastard. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I made him read it. (laughs) So you think he was talking to me? Well, I can't be a bastard. Why is that? Usually a female is considered a biatch, not a bastard. Uh, it's really just if your father uh, has it, uh, sleeps with a wench out of wedlock and uh, impregnates her and you have your little baby person that came out without a real family name. Now this sounds just like a deep dig. <laughs> you could be a bastard. Well... But. I still think it was pointed at you. Right, but, fair enough. you know, if we're wrong, Look. rate another episode five stars. And let, <laughs> let us know. know. Exactly. 
Oh, we could be so cheap. <laughs> we could be so cheap about this. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> read this. I bet you, you silly. won't respond to this. <laughs> <laughs> you dummy. I bet you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, read this, you silly bastard. <laughs> Why am I silly? I want to know. <laughs> I'm not that silly. I feel like I'm a serious-minded person. No, you're pretty silly. All right, fine. I'm going <laughs> to like that. Side with them, then. No, it's okay. They misspelled my name. In a world <laughs> where it seems to fly by, in a world where it seems to fly by, it being the world, the world's flying by, am I standing on the world or standing by the world as it spins? Looking down on the world. In a world where it seems to fly by, our most precious resource is time. Oh, I guess time is the it. Mm -hmm. It could be, I suppose. They say that time flies when you're having fun. So from this point forward, I have sworn off fun of any kind. I love this podcast, not because it isn't fun, but because I now have so much extra time on my hands from cutting all enjoyment out of my life that I can now sit forward, tense up, and listen to Zach and Allison, spelled incorrectly, (laughs) spend their own and others' lives away having such a ball. It's terribly irresponsible of them, and I have already notified the authorities. If you listen to this podcast and have fun doing it, that's okay. It's not your fault. It's the fault of these two, and their in-ineptitude for fun-making, inadvertently shortening your life one goof or gaff at a time. Reckless. So what I really appreciated about your delivery of this review is I can now see you as uh, the next evolution of the Joker for the animated series. You, you, you got Joker out of what I just did? Yeah. Like, absolutely. Not not any Joker. Hamill-level Joker. What? It's Why? a compliment. Oh, wow, all right. I'll, I'm struggling to find it, to see it that way, but make what? <laughs> <laughs> Explain, well, please. It's like, have you ever listened to the Joker, like, give a, a speech? Because it's kind of nonsense, but not nonsense. It just, it, it had a very Hamill delivery of the Joker doing a Joker monologue kind of feel to it. Like he didn't say anything about Batsy or anything, but it's still, you know, it, I really am complimenting <laughs> in my world. Batman, the animated series is like top notch. No, I love yeah. the Batman and the animated series and I love Mark Hamill. It's just that I, I didn't know how I you were Hamilton. came across that. I, I was Hamilton. You, you think Hamilton. I was Hamilton? Yeah. Not right. Hamiltoning. Hamilton. I, I take that as a compliment. I could Hamill. It, it was intended to be, so I'm glad. <laughs> Good. Well, so h- how do you think I did, Roberto Scalise? Uh, do you think I do you, do you think I pulled that off well? Do you think I hammered? I think you hammered, but Roberto needs to tell us. All right. So, uh, do you want to take one of these? Sure. I will do Voice of Reason by Retzi Averi. I oh, this one's this one's positive on you. So, well, well, the other one was negative on me, and this one's positive <laughs> on you. What do our listeners think? No, I don't think that's true. I think that that person was having fun with you. I don't think that they were making fun of you. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think you're wrong. (laughs) I've been catching up on the backlog and have found Allison to be the voice of reason until Rocky Horror. Uh Uh-oh. You're supposed to eat the candy corn all at once, not in the colored segments. Love the podcast and hope to catch up to real time soon. So do we. So she's making she's making fun of the fact that on the Rocky Horror podcast you said you said mm-hmm. 
In your own words, you damned yourself from your own words by saying that you should eat candy corn in three segments. I, I stand by that. It tastes better when you segment it. So you have to eat the white by itself, the yellow by itself, and the orange by itself. Uh-huh. It That's, has to be bitten threes. And the fact that all of it tastes the same. It doesn't. It's improved when you bite it in that way. It's like letting a fine wine breathe. <laughs> you don't believe me. <laughs> of course I don't. It's madness. <laughs> it's true. It isn't though. It's true. And it's infinitely better than the chocolate ones where it's the white, the yellow chocolate. and the chocolate bottom. And it's not good chocolate. It's like Tootsie Pop chocolate. I love Tootsies. I think next Halloween I need to have some Tootsie corn. I'll get one of the mixed things and I'll just eat all the pumpkins and the classic candy corns. Yes. <laughs> yes. So did you want to read that, Boss Jummy? Yes, I shall read this one from Boss Jummy. And the subject is thus. Riotous. His five-star review says, Great reviews from great people. Everything is super great. I could listen twice to every episode. This guy sounds like a shill. If I didn't know better, <laughs> it would be someone that we paid to write that. <laughs> it doesn't sound real. Now, if you're like me, right, go on. Waxwork is the one that I've re-listened to. Roper. Roper. Uh, we lost it. So I will warn you, the, the listener, for tonight's episode that uh, we are also recording in the evening time on a work day. So... Yeah. Anything can happen, and it will, because we're silly. Yeah, it's not terribly late yet, but it will be. It will be. Just give it time. It's also daylight savings and all that fun stuff. So uh, there you go. There are five-star reviews. Thank you, three, for leaving your reviews and improving everyone's lives. And seriously, it, it does make us really happy. I, I think every time a new review drops, I send Zach a screen cap and, like, really excited gifts Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. I don't know who Retza Averi is. I don't know who that is either. But hear me now. I am the voice of reason on this podcast. <laughs> Seldom. Don't. Hey, <laughs> don't get it twisted. <laughs> I, I appreciate your love. Even though it be misplaced. It was very nice of them to say. Uh Oh, she's giving me weird uh, <laughs> lip action. No, 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 no. It was like a tooth sucking like mm-hmm. kind of fight you thing. Gonna fight you. Gonna fight you. Gonna so, bite. gonna bite. <laughs> there you go. Hey, thank you all for your love and support to the podcast. And all of you listening to this now, you go out and you leave us a five star review Dude. on Apple Podcasts. It doesn't matter if it's somewhere else. We won't see it. We won't read it. If it's on Apple Podcasts, five star. You made Zach go New Yorker. You I made him go kind of Brooklyn. I was going like Harry Truman or something. <laughs> Harry Truman. I definitely did not get Harry Truman. Well, it was Harry Truman via some bum. <laughs> some New York bum. <laughs> That's a very specific bum. Yes. All right. So, so Zach. Yeah. What happened in 1984? Oh, I'll tell you right now. Watch this. In the year 1984, civilization has been damaged by war, civil conflict, and revolution. Airship One, formerly known as Great Britain, is a province of Oceania, one of three totalitarian superstates that rule the world. It is ruled by, quote, the party, under the ideology of Ingsoc, a new speak shortening of the English socialism. 
and the mysterious leader, Big Brother, who has an intense cult of personality. The party brutally purges out anyone who does not fully conform to their regime, using the Thought Police as a constant surveillance through the telescreens and two-way televisions, cameras, and hidden microphones. Those who fall out of favor with the party become unpersons, disappearing with all evidence of their existence destroyed. Did you just read the synopsis of Orwell's 1984 and not do the research of what happened in global events? Uh, you're telling me this is not real life? I mean, it's based on real life. Well, Google let me down. Is that what happened, Zach? You can tell me. You go and do yours. <laughs> well, uh, in true Allison fashion... Mine are all depressing. <laughs> Can't be more depressing than 1984, George Orwell's fantastic novel. Nah-ha! Nah-ha! <laughs> I've been found out. I've been rumbled. Uh, Dara Gandhi was assassinated by two trusted Sikh bodyguards outside of her house. Yeah, so that's pretty sad. Oh, yeah. It, it, yep, yep, yep. Oh, man, that's so... Oh. That's do, my standard do, noise. Do you... Uh, yep, terrifying news. So, in real 1984 news, I will reveal that a movie ticket on this year cost but $2.50. And the gargantuan movies of the year, Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. This movie, for one. Mm -hmm. Gremlins, Beverly Hills Cop, Terms of Endearment, The Carroty Kid, part one. Which you need to see. Is Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. The Search for More Money. <laughs> well that too <laughs> police academy romancing the stone that sounds like an odd movie is that is that a good movie it's a good movie yeah seriously it, it's entertaining what's the stone that they're trying to romance i can't really <laughs> is it's, it like a, an engagement ring stone mm, not exactly all right we'll watch it okay uh splash the Terminator, ooh, Amadeus, oh, The Killing Fields, ooh, A Passage to India. Never heard of that one. Let me tell you about how much I hated that book. The Passage to India, ugh, or A Passage to India, ugh. It well, was awful. Why? So, <laughs> do you hate all Indians? No, but that's also why I like it. It's, because or, you hate all Indians? No, 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 no. <laughs> I no, I don't like it because I like Indian people. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's a million pages, and it's about a woman who falsely uh, accuses an Indian guide of sexual misconduct. 1924. 24, eh? Well, so uh, sexual misconduct, they cared about that back then? Well, when it was done to a British lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brown-skinned person to a British lady. Yeah. Good, upstanding citizen of British ladiness. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Who was there, you know, being a silly ninny. That's a racial term against British people. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> oh, you're such a silly mini. <laughs> Don't you say you? that to my people. Why, I never. I could not believe it then and I don't now. I think it's funny that our automatic uh, offended British person is posh. Well, of not, course. Not even posh, but Victorian posh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because the, the... What, what? What, what, so this and what you... Well, I'm going into like a... Uh, a Dick, Dick, Van, no, Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins over here. He did more damage to Cockney people than anything in history ever could. That was not Cockney. That was that, that was some that sort was of Magic Land. <laughs> that was just Magic Land. That was Disney Cockney. <laughs> <laughs> it's nonsense. Uh, anyway, so uh, go on with your next thing. So I have a feeling you're going to get mad when I use this one. Okay. 
the original Apple Macintosh personal computer you went jerk. on sale. You complete jerk. January 1984. That was my next one. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, but good news. Uh-huh. That is very, very good. But you stole it. <laughs> and my next and last one, because you stole my such a jerk. The first untethered spacewalk was performed by NASA folk. Mm. They went to space and they were going to be doing something with, a, I think, releasing a satellite. And they performed the first untethered spacewalk using a uh, backpack with propulsiveness. Or as they say in the industry, a jetpack. So got to be real honest. Yeah. I wouldn't be the person to volunteer to test that equipment out first. And that's why you will never be remembered. Probably not. I'm pretty inconsequential in the world. So if I die tomorrow, <laughs> I think there's like a pe- amount of people I can count on two hands that would care. And I'm not saying that to be self-deprecating, but like in a global impact level, no, I'm not. I'm not the Greta Thunberg like of our generation. I thought you were about to go Dr. Evil with it. The events of my life are quite inconsequential. <laughs> my mother was a webbed-footed prostitute named Cleo. <laughs> Okay, so that's all the 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 uh, 1984 stuff that I've got because you stole one of mine. I'm horrible. Yep, go ahead. Fill the Britain, space. Ireland's uh, top pop musicians gathered in a Notting Hill studio to form Band Aid and recorded the song "Do They Know It's Christmas" in order to raise money for famine relief in Ethiopia. Did it work? As far as I know, there's still famine in Ethiopia, so... Have you ever seen Bob Dylan in the recording studio when they were doing... They were doing a relief song, and Bob Dylan doesn't look like he understands why he's there or what he's doing, but, like, his boss told him, is like, you go and you record this. (laughs) It is the best time you can spend watching someone in a recording studio look uncomfortable. (laughs) How old was he at the time? Uh, This was in the 80s, so I would say he was, you know, probably in his 50s, maybe. Mm. I I don't know how old Bob Dylan was when he got started, but I feel like he didn't start as a young man, but he just seems to be frozen, frozen in this current state of Bob Dylan-ness. He's been old for a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's like he aged rapidly due to some traumatic event, but then just like hit well, the pause button. It's also in his voice. He sounds like an old man singing, Come gather round people, wherever you roam. Get off my lawn, you goddamn kids. And admit that the waters around you had grown. Now oh. I want to watch The Watchmen. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's immediately what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't think about that movie as much as I used to, but that it, they used that song really well in that movie. The Summer Olympic Games were being held in Los Angeles. The USSR and Soviets blocked like we blocked the Western block of the Olympics of the 1980s. So I guess their response was, you uh, you boycotted us for being Soviet, USSR. We're not going to go to Los Angeles to participate. Rude. Yeah. So when you first started reading that, I thought you said that we blogged. No, blocked. Sorry. And I was I like, need wow, to- that, that must have been the first blog. <laughs> 1984, they were ahead of the time. Hmm. I guess the first blog would be like an op-ed in a newspaper. Well, yeah. So does blog imply and require the the conveyance of your thoughts and opinions be electronic? I don't know what blog stands for. B-L-O-G. Those I, don't know words. I don't know that it's an anagram for anything. I think that it's, I think it just means like a personal opinion website. And it, and it can be extended to like Facebook, like Facebook, your wall is your blog. A uh, blog is a truncation of weblog. There you go. So it does have to be digital. Hey, there you go. So we got to the bottom of a real issue today. That's pretty good. 
We've given some people some good trivia. Yep. Oh, the and show. the Winter Olympics were held in Sarajevo, Yugoslavia. Sweet. I mostly just kept that in because I was impressed that I could say it. <laughs> well done. <laughs> You've done so well. Yay me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's continue on to the synopsis. So what's the real synopsis? Indiana Jones, his young psychic, and his spoiled songbird get more than they bargain for when they go to India in search of a missing magical stone. That's it's not why they went to India. No, and I actually have a little side comment that I already have an issue with the synopsis provided for the film. <laughs> yeah, that's not why they went to India. They crashed. Yeah, they, they didn't have a choice. They didn't want to go there. <laughs> no. Now, once they were there, they were roped into looking for the magical stone. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I guess they can't put that in a synopsis. Well, that's just bad writing. Yeah. Yeah, that's not being creative enough. You, you lied. <laughs> do, do you want to hear my bad synopsis and see if it suits you better? Yeah, go ahead. Stereotype filled romp with classic indie data and reason why nepotism is bad. Who, who's nepotized? Willie, the actress who played her, um, is only in this movie because she was sleeping with the producer. Oh, were they were they together at the time? Yeah. Good. Well, you're talking about Stevie uh, Spielbs, right? Uh, uh, I don't. Or was she sleeping with somebody else? Because she later married him, but they weren't married at the time. So I no, you're right. Director, not not producer yeah they, they but they weren't married at the time they it's possible that they could be dating but i don't think so because i read a lot about george and spielbs going through a breakup during the making of this movie well so um she and he were you don't really have to be limited to being married to have an adult relationship oh i'm so. sorry are you allowed to sleep with people outside of wedlock where you come from Depends on what religion your family is. Oh my god! And I didn't know. And beliefs. I didn't know that some filthy, uh, you know, sex person was sitting next to me. Again, my family listens to this show. <sighs> didn't know that Allison was such a filthy sex person having sex now, outside I never, of wedlock. I never said that that was me. All I said was Allison has sex outside of wedlock. <laughs> Please do not. <laughs> do that. <It's> <laughs> I didn't say that that was my story. All I said was look, that I, it, look, I, whoa, whoa, I'm sorry. Are you about to apologize for having sex outside of wedlock for your family? They must know. They must know. And I'll break it to them now. You, you guys know. I'm not know. confirming nor denying anything. Look, she, she does. So all I will say is that because in our society, people are not judged for having one or two partners in their existence or life. So all I'm saying is that Spielberg and this woman could have been knocking boots before they were married. That's possible. And as Michael Scott says, in some countries, it's rude that for women to have less than three lovers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, it's possible. I don't know, but uh, they didn't get married at least until sometime. I, I think they said a couple years after the the movie was done. So my you would choose to marry her after her performance in this movie. Well, maybe she has other qualities other than Indy. her bad acting. Indy, what is this, Indy? Uh, oh my God! God strangler, throw her off a boat. Tired the volcano should have had her. The volcano, everything, everything. Oh my God. All right. Well, we, we can't just. <laughs> just can't. What's your bad synopsis? My bad synopsis is guy steals rock from a guy who stole a rock from people who want that rock to sit inside of another rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as pithy as my other ones, but I liked it. It was very rock themed. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. And it, it's true. <laughs> if you followed it, I'll, I'll do it again. Guy steals a rock uh -huh. from a guy who stole a rock. Uh huh. From people that want that rock 
to sit inside of another rock. It's true because it's sacred. Yep. Now, is the rock that houses the one rock sacred or is it just the stone that sits within the stone? No, I think it just was a good position within their village to display said precious stone Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or rock. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think that the... You would think that they would have a higher security around the magical stone that is the center point of the town where the removal darkens the clothes and waters the land and keeps the children from disappearing. And what type of technology do you think that they could bring to bear to to guard it to guard it and bring security over it guns they've got guns they've got guns (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of what i was thinking uh yes i agree they should have gotten some guns or or they could take a like a thing out of ace ventura and they could have like a guard baboon (laughs) uh we should watch that for this podcast uh, we've both seen it a million times, but I don't we care. We need we need a friend who hasn't seen it so we can. I might just go. One. I might just golden buzz it though. Golden buzzer. I'm gonna use all my golden buzzers just for things that we've both already seen and just as fun. I'm not gonna be disappointed in watching Ace Ventura again. Hell yeah! All right, I so, will not watch The Void again. The Void. Oh, enter the Void. Into the, the fantastic vo- movie. Oh, well, very odd. There's no getting around that. No, just watching like a, an aborted fetus wave at you that's only one scene it's a very odd scene (laughs) it'll stick with you it burns into the memory somewhat i've never seen a movie actually like it it felt like the intercourse that that actress had was real and it felt like this i bet it was the tools that they were inserting into her for the procedure also felt right like it looked like a real speculum and a real body like it felt Uh, well the director the director gaspar no I think is his name. He uh, would be Gaspar. Gaspar. He made another movie called, I don't remember. It's like Unbreakable or Undisputable. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Something like that. Is that the woman who gets raped in the, the vengeance story? Yeah. But there is a scene in that movie. I haven't seen the whole movie. I've just seen like clips on YouTube. And there is a scene where they're in like a club or something like that. And a guy grabs a fire hydrant and bashes another guy's head in with it. Mm. The camera does not cut away and it doesn't look like they're doing any trickery. I mean, it looks like you're watching a guy getting his head bashed in. It's the most realistic violence I've ever seen in a movie. Don't know how he did it. So there's a scene very similar to that in Pan's Labyrinth. And I'm not going to give you any more information because that's one of my golden buzzers. Okay. But that is the only part of the movie where I had to like physically look away because it just looked so painful. Yeah, I've never had violence in a movie where I genuinely like had to look away because I was feeling queasy. But yeah. that movie did it to me. It was that's yeah, nuts. Anyway, that's to say he is a very out there director, <laughs> but he's good at what he does. Like he he produces a weird movie that you might not want to watch, mm-hmm. but it's technically very well made. I forgot how we got here. I don't know. But that has nothing to do with Indiana Jones. It's had to do with movies and things, which is the movies somewhat subject such. of our <laughs> podcast. So trivia. Uh-huh. Would you like to get into the trivia? Yeah. I've got a ton of it. Do you have a lot? I have a, a good amount. Not, not tons and tons, but I have a, a few things that are interesting. Right. Uh, and a funny, funny quote that I thought you would like because it has to do with hot sauce. All right. Well, start us off. Okay, so I know I've said this already, but this film is the reason why we have a PG-13 rating. Up until 1984, there had only been four ratings a film could receive, G, PG, R, or X, which would later become NC-17. 
However, the first film who officially released with this rating was actually Red Dawn with Patrick Swayze. So they they determined after this release and they got so many complaints from mothers about this film and how dare it have a PG rating that Spielberg was like, you know, there really needs to be a PG-13. And he was quoted saying, in a way, it's better to get a PG-13 than a um, PG for certain movies. It turns a lot of young people off. They think it's going to be too below the radar. And they tend to want to say, well, PG-13 might have a little bit more hot sauce on it. It's also speculation that the MPAA would have definitely given it an R rating if Spielberg's name had not been attached. Hmm. And that is a point that Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park get really upset about because they had a lot of issues getting getting just an R rating for their bigger, longer, and uncut South Park movie. Oh, yeah, they wanted it to be NC-17. Yeah, and they had to fight and they had to change so much of the movie because they kept coming back and saying, look, we, we can't give this an R rating. And they said every single time they had to make a change, they actually made the content worse. And they gave it to the MPA and they were like, okay, that's fine. So the MPA. So it's like they didn't review it? They just wanted them to change it. Like they were, I don't know if it was like a power thing or whatever, but they, they've said that their knowledge of being in the industry longer now uh, leads them to believe that it's much harder for an indie movie producer or director to get a good rating. That, I mean, that checks. They have, they have yeah. to fight much harder. So it's, and the, they say that they're not a censorship organization, but it seems more like they're just crooked and they take money from big companies. I wonder if that's why James Wan had such a difficult time with Conjuring getting a different rating than um, an R rating. Well, when we were doing that podcast, yeah. I was thinking about that at the time. And I don't know, because he he's already done a bunch and he had, what, Liongate behind him? I don't yeah. know who he did. Who he, did he do? He with? did Insidious with Liongate. Um, was Conjuring also Liongate? Mm-hmm. So Liongate presumably has power in the industry and they would they'd be able to fight the fight for him. Yeah, it's all who you know. See, nepotism. 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 All right. So my first trivia is that Dr. Nanayakara was uh, cast as the Indian village shaman, and he did not speak a word of English. He delivered his lines phonetically by mimicking Stevie Spielbs, who was prompting him off camera. So the pauses in his dialogue were therefore not for dramatic effect, but rather waiting for his next line. You know what's really interesting? No. That is also true of Bela Lugosi when he first did Dracula, the 1930s Dracula. Mm. Interesting. I haven't seen that. It's very good. Matt, we'll have to hit our next Halloween season. Mm. So at the fight in the nightclub scene, fight uh, in the night. when Indy and Willie make their escape, the club name is visible as they drive away as Club Obi-Wan, mm. a reference to Star Wars. I'm sorry, Obi-Wan is from Star Wars? I know, I know. I had to look it up. I didn't believe them. <laughs> uh, the crew played a practical joke on young Harry Ford. During one of the whipping scenes, or one of them, during the whipping scene, a dominatrix came out and uh, dressed in like all black leather and everything like that, started whipping him and yelling at him, that's for Hanover Street, the worst movie I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> and she continued whipping him for uh, Star Wars and for making all that money. <laughs> That's really funny, actually. Yeah, and Carrie Fisher actually came out. Uh, she was on set at the time. She flung herself in front of Ford to protect him, and Irving Kirshner chided director Stevie Spielbs for uh, running his movies in such a way. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like 
he's worlds better than, say, Alfred Hitchcock, who physically tortured his starlets. So I, I would rather have a prankster than someone who physically tortured me. Well, also um, Kubrick. He also tortured folks. Oh, yeah. Especially. Oh, gosh. Um, From The Shining. What's her What's her lady? Shelley Duvall. Yeah. 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 Well, her and uh, Jackie Nichols. Well, they both, they both. Are and worth. then he pit them against each other. So it's like they did, couldn't even sympathize with each other. The only person he actually cared about was the kid who thought they were making a family movie, mm-hmm. which is hysterical. It's like, how, how <laughs> could you think that? It's, it's good. I will say that one of the things that I do love about 90s kids films is there's always a couple good swears in there and yeah. like at the sandlot there's some really good swear like oh he's in deep shit like i just yeah shit's a good one something funny about kids swearing and you know i've i've overheard my nephew who's five years old accidentally drop something accidentally and then he looks at you to be like <gasps> did like, i do that well yeah it's like did I do that? And did she hear me do that? Because I know what I did was wrong. Do you call him out? Um, I try not to react. Do you in- say, we don't talk that way? No, because I don't want to lie to him. <laughs> but at the, at the same time, I don't want to react the way I want to, which is like, you know, just burst of laughter. Yeah, so yeah. like, I just like get really quiet, focus on something else. So he must he think notices. He, I'm sure he, he notices. So the, the worst is when he farts because... <laughs> Farts will never not be funny. Well, maybe to you. I don't actually ever find farts funny. Oh, when, never have. when they come from a kid who does it and then looks at you like. Well, if you gave me that face. <laughs> yeah. So like there, there's been a couple times and my sister's like, you know, he's desperately trying to get your attention with that. I'm like, yeah. And I'm trying not to encourage or discourage <laughs> the behavior. So the only thing I know how to do is look off into the distance. Clench my jaw and stare <laughs> at the wall. Just looking at the horizon (laughs) he's gonna grow up thinking i'm a weird person staring at the horizon and thinking of america (laughs) well that sounds weird (laughs) well that's how you do it so uh was that still mine or did you do yours i did not do mine yet go ahead so um according to the novelization oh wait and the whole sequence was apparently filmed oh okay sorry go on (laughs) no no you're good According to the novelization of the movie, when Indy was under the Thuji spell, he believes that there is a black snake coiled in his chest. When he is given an order by Mola Ram, if he tries to resist, the snake squeezes his heart until he complies with the order. So when you're watching the scene when he's forced, after he's forced to drink that liquid and he's kind of in that dreamed panic state, you can hear snakes in the background. When we get to that time clip, we'll have to listen to it. But and he, it looks like he's wrestling with something. And in the novelization, they describe it's a snake. Interesting. And that's where, because this movie is supposed to take place before the last movie, which they never give you any clue of. You have to do your own research to find <laughs> that out. It's the best way to appreciate art. That's where he gets his hatred of snakes. Because if you notice, when they're at the hmm. dinner table and they're snake surprise. He doesn't react. Mm, Disagree. Because in the scene, excuse me, let me just get out my fact book here. In the scene, near the beginning of the movie, uh, you will find Indiana Jones sitting at the campsite with Short Round and the Wilfred Lady. When she's freaking out because of bats and such like that, she comes over and sits down next to them. She's got the elephant trunk doing this whole deal, Mm -hmm. and then she swats it away a bunch. Then a snake gets on her, Mm -hmm. and she flings it. 
But he didn't panic. At yes, that. he did. He got freaked out, but he didn't like like full on. No, Allison he, sees the spider. No, he seized up. You look at his face. He, he goes like, and he doesn't drop. He doesn't stop. Huh. He was he was definitely scared Can't of stop, snakes. Because I also read a trivia that it doesn't mention he didn't confront a snake in this movie. And there was only a nod to it when he sees like the stone snake at the end. He was totally freaked out at that snake at the beginning. Well, and they, you know what? I I take it back because I will say that he did a better job controlling himself at the dinner table where he was acting all diplomatic and stuff. But in the third movie, that's where you get the origin of a sneaky fear. All right. So uh, Kate Crapshaw. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right. Sorry, it's Kate Crapshaw. I mean, she's not the right? best actress in the world. You know what I'm but, saying yeah. Crapshaw. All right, Crapshaw. Nope, Crapshaw. Oh, okay. Kate Crapshaw uh-huh. was very critical of her own character, saying that Willie was quote not much more than a dumb screaming blonde. Correct. And of course, yes, she was. She very much was. I I likened her to she's she's like anti feminist propaganda. She's olive oil. Olive oil. Um, she's she was. <laughs> it's like she was written by a man who hated women. You know what I mean? She's the worst. She's so bad. She's not a human. No. She, she's she's a child, pretty much for the most part. She's subhuman. Like even short round is. <laughs> yeah, he's got more composure. Yeah. Yeah, she's out of control. Yeah. No, and I've got more. Uh, You've got more. I hate her. <laughs> I just hate her so much. So in the making of documentary for the movie, George Lucas said that the tone was uh, much darker than originally intended because he and Stevie Spielbs were going through a breakup at the time and they were, quote, not in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that totally makes sense why the female lead was made to look like a shrieking incompetent the entire the shrieking time. shrieking eel. Well, yeah, I, I could see that. She was an extension of how I guess he was feeling. But I th- if she was critical of her, of her role because it was so incompetent and crazy and subhuman, did she not complain before filming? Or she wanted to get the, that paycheck? I mean, she... She wanted to get that paycheck. Then she could complain. If she was only there because she was sleeping with one of them, maybe she was just like, I'm working. Yay. <laughs> she wanted that paycheck. Yeah, it's... I mean, it seems to me like our last hero, Miriam... Muriel. Muriel. Ariel. She she was a much more compelling heroine, definitely. I well, I had problems with her, but compared to this person, Willie, she was and maybe the that's feminist why, icon. Maybe that's why I had rose tinted uh, glasses on for for the last movie because I'm like it's so much better than this movie. <laughs> well, I will confirm or deny how I feel about this movie yet. Okay. So my last piece of trivia is when uh, the first sacrifice victim is being lowered into the lava pit. He is chanting Om Om Nam Shiba Shiba. over and over. This translates roughly as Universe Earth Shiba. Though the words themselves refer to complex concepts, the mantra from the Hindu practice called Shiva Yoga. Shiva Yoga also involves uh, use of lingam stones like the ones Indy is after in the movie. Aren't those stones also supposed to be phallic? And sit inside of other stones that are meant to represent fertility. I ask you because you're an expert in these matters. No, but I, I mean, they could. I don't know, but I actually... I thought that's what I'd read. It's possible. I did not read that same trivia. But I did, however, see an interesting cave called the Eutropa Cave in Bulgaria. Doesn't that look like a wolf's head? It's supposed to be a vagina. Well, it looks like a wolf's head. 
that's a nose. That's the mouth, the two eyes. That's the snout coming down. The eyebrows, you can see the ears even. That's a wolf's head. Vagina. No, that's that's Cervix. a that's a wolf's head. <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry. That, that's definitely a Warshak test. <laughs> and I've I've seen a wolf's head, and you've seen a vagina. I don't know what that says about us. Or it could also be that this cave is supposed to. It was carved to look like a vagina, and the fact that you see a wolf says a, a little bit about how you feel, women, right now. <laughs> Wolves, all of them. <laughs> the Utrebu Cave in Bulgaria, a Thracian shrine carved around the 9th or 10th century BCE, depicts a vagina of a goddess. A virginer? Mm-hmm. The other caves shaped this way uh, in Bulgaria, but none are so spectacular. A 22 meter deep is an altar possibly representing the cervix or the uterus of the goddess. At noon, the light enters the cave. That's his tongue. From an opening in the ceiling, projecting the image of a phallus on the ground. When the sun is at the right angle in February or March, the phallus stretches out to reach the altar or the cervix, it's symbolically fer fertilizing the uterus of the goddess before uh, the spring appears. That's one theory. The other theory is that it's a wolf's head. Oh, That's what I've heard. And at uh, noon in February or March. He bares his teeth. He, he's angry because yes. he's waking up because he's sleepy <laughs> boy. He was hibernating and now it's springtime. He has to wake up. Exactly. Now he's got to do stuff and hunt for his food. Yeah. Gall. So was that a trivia or was that just supplemental? That was supplemental having to do with caves and phallic symbols. Sweet. So the sound of the mine car running along the tracks during the chase scene were recorded on the roller coasters at Disneyland. And the music and sound had been turned off at the park, but that's from the roller coasters at Disneyland. How do you like that? It as did a, feel very roller coastery. As, as a Disney buff. You know, what's funny is uh, if they recorded that truly at Disneyland, that's where they have the Indiana Jones ride is at Disneyland. They don't have the ride at Disney World. They have a stage show at Disney World. When did that? This ride, I think, is based on the theme of temple so they probably hadn't made it before the movie came out i would guess mm -hmm. kalima 95 kalima so do you have any more trivia bits of course i do uh the rope bridge scene was filmed in rope three burn. <laughs> rope burn they must have gotten some serious rope burn <laughs> I think we're going to have to analyze. You know, I was thinking that of a couple different. I, I walked in on Mark watching Mission oh my Impossible. God. Okay. Sorry, you said you walked in on Mark watching and that just sounded sinister. Go on. No, he, he was watching uh, one of the Mission Impossible movies and Tom Cruise was falling and he like grabbed a rope. And I was like, he's really lucky they let him have gloves because that would just destroy your hands <laughs> with what he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think everybody had gloves in this. So No one had gloves. No one had Everyone gloves. Everyone had shredded hands. Everybody had a little bit of rope burn. <laughs> Deep cut. Go back and watch my next one. Exactly. It's our best episode. Don't listen to the rest. Uh, the, the rope bridge. Well, you can listen to the rest. Definitely. Well, listen to all of them. The rope bridge scene was filmed in three, count it, three different continents. So when the when the shots were showing the, the full bridge and the scene where it was being cut, that was actually constructed in Sri Lanka by a British engineering company that just happened to be building a dam nearby. Oh, damn. So when they were filming there, they actually found them and talked to them. They were like, hey, can you build us a bridge? And they built them a bridge. How cool is that? Just a random English-speaking company around. Well, they were probably too polite and British to say no. Well, taking well, taking advantage of the Brits again. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we Americans roll. Well, I, I guess I better have. So are you, are you going to build this bridge for us? 
I, I, I mean, it's come on, but it, we'll, we'll give you some of our American money. You can buy like five castles when you get back home. You do know that our British pound is worth more than your American. Hey, dollar, shut up, because this is Hollywood. We've got money coming out of our ass. And I suppose you're going to tell us you, we owe it to you because of World War II. Yeah, we came in there and we saved your ass. After you had breakfast. <laughs> Come on, America. Bloody hell. Where have you been? Have uh, breakfast. What's going so, on here? What's going on? <laughs> Eddie is here talking about World War II. But no, seriously. We, zooms. <laughs> no, but seriously, we did come in there and we saved the day. So the British really should be really thankful to the Americans like all Fine. the time. We'll build you a bridge, but it's going to collapse. <laughs> That's fine. That's kind of what we needed to do anyway. So well done. Very well. <laughs> Very well. A, a bridge it shall be. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So when it was full, it was the constructed one in Sri Lanka by the British folk. Mm-hmm. When it was dangling, it was filmed in Londinius. The dangly bits? The dangly bits were filmed in ye old Londinius. Mm-hmm. And the agrilators were filmed in Florida. As and, if and anyone sure could be surprised. And you're sure that it was alligators, not crocodiles? I don't know. Why didn't you do that research? Well, it said agrilator on the, on the page, so I assume it was did an agrilator. Did it say agrilator or did it say alligator? It said alligator, but it's much more fun to say it the other way. Okay. I wonder how, how why did they have to go to Floridia to film the crocogators? Oh, because they're just rampant there. They're filthy with them. Well, that's true. They're lousy with alligators. But are there supposed to be agrilators in in India? I know that they have. That's where I I can't remember if they had crocodiles or alligators, but they do have something. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. So, uh, yeah, there you go. So I've got that. Oh, so a quote. A quote from Stevie Spielbs. In 1989, he says, I wasn't happy with Temple of Doom at all. It was (laughs) too, (laughs) (laughs) it was, it was too dark, Uh too subterranean and Uh too horrific. I thought it out poltered poltergeist. There's not one ounce of my own personal feeling in Temple of Doom. He completely disavowed that movie. Wow. Yeah. And you prefer the Shia LaBeouf one? I? No, Spiels. Spielbs? Well, I don't know what he says about the Shia LaBeouf one. Maybe he laughs in the face of that one, too. He laughs in the face of danger. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, and also, mm-hmm. the huge mine shaft was a circuit. Shaft. Did I say? Oh, <laughs> I thought I said it wrong again. <laughs> but you're just laughing at the word shaft. I'm already well done. the tired part of my day. <laughs> so the huge mine uh, tunnel. You t- could have just said the mine. <laughs> Is tunnel funny or is shaft the only one that's funny? Shaft. Shaft. I'm talking about shaft. That's a it's a crossover unit. Don't worry about it. Was a circular construction around the largest sound stage. To make it look different, they just altered the lighting every time the cart completed a loop. You just insulted both Queen and the movie Flash. Name the good songs. Killer Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody is good, but I've heard it way too many times. Continue. Flash. No, okay, I take it back. I don't insult. We I, will rock you. I don't like we will rock you. Well, maybe that's just because I've heard it a billion and yeah. a half times. Fat bottom girls. Sing a bit of it. Oh, okay. I can pull it off for you. No, come on, sing. sing. No. You were supposed to actually. I've forgotten in the past few episodes. I was but you were su- to rap. You were supposed to construct a rap about the movie. Have you done it for this movie? No. All right, you have to ad lib then. No. No, you, you're being <laughs> called to duty. You you promised the listeners a rap. What were you saying about shafts? They're funny. <laughs> now you can no make a rhyme about shafts go on i 
can't. Come on. I shaft. I can't spit a sick beat about shafts. Walk into the aft. I'd rather just do ludicrous as hell. All right, go ahead. Not right now. I'm on the spot. It's <laughs> nervous. I'll give you. I'll give you a moment. I'll get. I'll, I'll look away. You can prepare. She's gonna do it, everyone. I, I, this is gonna be a lot of dead air. That's what it is. She's gonna rap. <laughs> Listen as she raps. Let me drop a beat. Mm-hmm. Let me drop a beat for you. It's not gonna match. doing hoe activities with hoe tendencies hoes are your friends and hoes are your enemies <laughs> he's dying so I can't continue keep I going <laughs> please keep going uh, with hoe energy to do what you do blue what you blue screw what you screw this feels so unnatural for me to do in front of people uh, <laughs> Oh my God! This is beautiful. Not all, just some. You know who you are. There's <laughs> hoes in the room. There's hoes in the car. Can I stop now? <laughs> They're about to say words that I can't say. There you go. Probably a wise time to stop. <laughs> that was beautiful. Come on, everybody, give it. Nope, <laughs> give it up. <laughs> Oh, you I did well. <laughs> you did really well. I'm maybe proud of you. Keep that for the Zachary private files. Yeah, maybe some of it I'll put after the uh, after the end theme song, mm-hmm. but some of it staying. <laughs> the good stuff, the uh, choice stuff. There, there is no choice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why you say I'm the whitest person you know. It's because you I you just you. proved it. <laughs> Not intentionally. Like it wasn't my goal to prove it. Well. Uh so uh, are you ready to move on to movie analysis? Yeah. So um, as you recall, I rated this in a social rating of 5 out of 10. It's good that I wrote that down because I have no idea what I said your predicted real rating would be. And I, it was 100 years ago when I said what it was. So I, I'm pretty sure I said 4, um, but I recognize that this is a need to see to get to the last one. Although not really, because chronologically, the first one would lead to the, the third one. I just, I feel like we have to watch the full trilogy. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's probably wise. Yeah. If only to get some fun. All right, you ready? I'm ready. A woman appears from a dragon's mouth. She is blonde and wearing a golden and red shining dress. And she has uh, what looked to be Chinese backup singers approaching in more traditional apparel. And she starts singing Anything Goes, but in Chinese. So wasn't this the same song that young Michael Caine was singing in Sleuth? Yes. So what are your thoughts on the, uh, the opening dance, this opening scene? Um... I didn't understand her purpose of being here or if she knew what she was saying or singing. Like, to me, it felt like someone probably did a voiceover for her because I doubt she knew what she was (coughs) singing. So a piece of trivia about that dress. Uh Uh-huh. There's only one. It was so tight on her that she wasn't actually able to move around at all because she had ripped a few of them if she Mm. moved at all. 
I've seen that uh, the dress actually still exists, um, and it was in a museum in the Smithsonian at a specific Indiana Jones exhibit that they had. Mm. So I got to see it live. Neat. So my thought on this whole opening dance scene Mm -hmm. was it confused the hell out of me. It totally doesn't look like it belongs to this movie. Because the the font for the opening credits is like this kind of modern font, and it's red. And for the most part, the visuals are very are, 1920s and 30s. Are black and white, and then there are like some like red highlights that come through from like ribbons that they're throwing around, or some piece of some people's outfit. So it's like black, white, and red with this modern font and kind of funky outfits that are like pseudo futuristic. It so, looks like Blade Runner to me. So those outfits that are on the dancers currently, they kind of look like modified suit jackets. And that and is, they're shiny. They're shiny chrome. Right. So that is doing kind of a golden era of Hollywood style. Like it's very... Um, I don't know. But it's, so you've got the sparkle effect on the screen also. it's It all seems very stylized. And like I said, the, the chrome and everything makes it kind of look pseudo-futuristic. And the font and everything, it, it, it looked like it belonged in Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. It seemed like I had started the wrong movie. <laughs> Allison, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm waiting to get a call like that sometime. Just like you pause and it's like, I can't, what? <laughs> well, I wanted to do that, honestly, during this movie. That I, y- I can't. <laughs> I can't, what? And actually, I think I texted you at some point and I was like, You're like I have I'm, so many things to say. I'm struggling not to talk yeah. about this movie with you. Yeah. I read that as just in general, I'm struggling. (laughs) No, no, I didn't mean that I was struggling to watch the movie. I'm struggling to not talk about it. Yeah. So there's the red. They're ripping the scarves out of the pockets of their counterpart dancers. All right, so now we're... So the guy on the left, why do they always have one really skinny, weasley guy? Because he's got to be the trigger man. All right, so now we've got uh, James Bond stepping down the stairs here with his white jacket. And his Harrison Ford face. <laughs> As opposed to someone else's face? I think it would be a different movie if he <laughs> had someone else's. He would be like um, Basil of Baker Street. Just Basil? Like, this is an excellent disguise, Basil. <laughs> I didn't know you spoke my language. You never told me you spoke my language, Dr. Jones. Only on special occasions. That sounds so begrudging, like only when I have to. You found <laughs> That Hachi's a little guy. Your boys tried to get Hachi without paying for him. You have insulted my son. No, you've insulted me. I spared his life. Aren't you going to introduce us? See, I would have been instantly suspicious of her coming up like that. I would have thought she was involved somehow if I was a bar owner. Baldus were always funny little men searching for their mommies. Mommies. So I was going to say about this scene is that it seems so weird because in the first movie, he really set himself up as a man of science and history. And, you know, he never seemed like he was supposed to be this like bad guy mercenary finding stuff for the people for the big sale. Yeah, actually, I I had flagged that at one point during the movie, too. Like, what is his motivation? Because from the first movie, which is after this, chronologically speaking, He seems more like he's interested in history and uncovering information about lost cultures because he cares about the cultures and things like that. And if someone else is going to steal it, they're going to do who knows what. And so he wants it preserved in a museum or somewhere where it can be studied further. Right. He seems like he's got altruistic aims in the, in the first movie, but in this movie, he, he, 
He has like a playboy James Bond, like he said. Yeah, and the, also there's a, a running, uh, recurring line that uh, Willie says and uh, little, little shaft munch. Sh- short, short round. Sh- short round. He says fortune and glory. Mm-hmm. They Yeah, they say that all the time. Fortune and glory. And so it's like, is that what he's after? He never denies it. And to that end, the third movie, which is supposed to, part of it happens before any of this, and then ends toward after the arc. Something must have happened. This movie just seems like such a departure for him. And so maybe that's why I personally do not love it as much as the third one or the first one. Definitely the third one. Third one is my gold standard. Now I've talked it up too much and you're going to hate it. Wait, you like the third one more than you like the first one? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that's something to look forward to. Certainly after this yeah. It'll be a nice little palate cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so in a, in a moment, he's about to pull a knife on you the lady, which after having seen the movie, I would do I to her also. But he but hasn't d- seen the movie yet. Yeah, he hasn't seen the movie yet. See, he just pulls a knife on her. I don't think it was, was that a knife or was it's it? It's a fork or something uh, like yeah, that, but whatever. I mean, he's threatening to stab through her flesh. Yeah. <laughs> so... Is he a good guy in this movie? Is he a good guy? Because he, ju- he he really quickly and easily pulled that weapon on her and was threatening to maim her at the very least, if not kill her. So I think he's flawed, but I think his compass gets reset in this movie. So I don't think he started off a good guy, but I think he ended a good guy. And he's definitely better than you know the company he keeps here. So you think he became better during this movie? Yeah, uh, you know, his when they crash and he's chiding Willie for not eating the food, he's like, these people are starving and they're giving you this, you need to eat it kind of thing. Like, I think he, something after the crash of the plane resets him to a better guy. And then when he hears the kids are missing, he decides to try to help them. I don't think his character ever changed. I just don't think he was put in a position like this again. I'm sorry. Now, in real life, how funny would this look like everyone leaning into this light? They look like they're posing for a picture. Yeah, they're, they're all leaning into frame, yeah. And the, the up light. But yeah, I don't think that he his character actually changed throughout the movie. I think that he just wasn't put in the same situation. Like, if he had been, he would have done it again. This stuff? I think so. I don't think there's any evidence that he got better, just that he wasn't put in those positions. And he also came to know them. Given the opportunity to save kids, he'll save kids. But he's also. But if he, if, but if his life is threatened, if there's someone near him he can use as a body shield, he will. Because he also had to be somewhat of a self-serving guy in the first one, even when he took advantage of Marion when she was tied up. No, I meant, remember her first accusation of him. I was a child. You took advantage of me. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think he's self-serving. It's because every every opportunity he's being mean to uh, Willie. And just being super misogynistic. Her. Is that what's happening? Because the, I, there is some I sort feel, of romance that we're kind of forced into that shoved down our throat halfway through the movie. I, I feel like... And I felt like there was no evidence for it. No build up to it. No, because before it seemed like he wanted to drown her in the eyeball soup just like the rest of us. But yeah, it, it did feel like a forced romance. But I, he definitely was not being nice to her. She, she's And she baggage. wasn't being nice to him. She didn't show any interest in him. He didn't show any interest in her. And then all of a sudden, he brought flowers and then they were kind of flirting. It, oh, he bought her an apple. <laughs> and then she like ate it out of his hand like an animal. <laughs> Treats. Oh, it was gross. 
So we're uh, at the next probably minute mark. We've did. He's drinking the poison. All right. So this is the bar brawl. Uh, this is after the deal has gone wrong and his little romantic pal has died. And, uh, What did she do? That's the first thing I have to say. Why did he punch the waitress? He punched the cigarette girl. Or the cigarette girl. What? Why? There was no provocation at all. This is just more cementing the theory that George Lucas and Stevie Spielberg were in a real rough position in their life and they hated women. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were just in a woman-hating mood. I'm going to punch the shit out of some women. <laughs> no sense. There's not even like a shot of him going like, oops. Yeah. No, there, there's no time. <laughs> no, there's he just no he, he just meant to punch that random lady. That's and what she's going to move. There's no time. <laughs> <laughs> no time, damn it. No time. Then punches a lady. I mean, it, we also don't know the effects that the poison he has consumed is having. He could be hallucinating. I'm one of us has to support the movie. one of us has to victim blame. <laughs> And it's not going to be me. Damn it. So you, you've got a victim blame this whole movie. Okay, here we go. That's your job. This is going to be off color and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to leave feeling clean. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I really just want to talk about, so I, I'm, I'm building in little pieces of evidence that suggest that George Lucas and Stevie Spielbs were super misogynistic at this time in their lives. Get right out of town. Yeah. I mean, is there evidence in other movies? I think that's a revelation. I think this is the only movie that I've watched of theirs where I'm like, wow, that was super duper misogynistic. I mean, other than there's only one woman in Star Wars. Yeah, and she wasn't allowed to wear a bra a lot of the time. Well, that's that changed, actually. In the first movie, she actually had to wear tape to keep her boobs tight to her body, mm -hmm. and so her nipples wouldn't show because he didn't want her to be sexual at all. And, and then, then my bikini slave Leia. Yeah, and then things changed. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? Give the people what they want. Exactly. So his, I don't know, his motives were kind of pure in the beginning. I, really I see your job, please. And I Can't have that in a kid's movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he gave her nipple tape. Yeah. So then there was another mo uh, another woman later uh, who was wore a white robe in one of the meetings when they were talking about many boffins died to get us this information. All right. 1035. About to bunch another woman. He's so, so happily shooting. I know. He just wants death and destruction. It's uh, really unfortunate that Indy didn't cut off his uh, trigger finger instead of whatever finger he did cut off. Indubitably. So they're running through while the gunner is gunning. Mm -hmm. And they're running behind a gong, which originally was supposed to be in the first movie. Gong. But uh, they King gong? they decided to gong, cut it out for whatever reason. <laughs> And they shoved it in this movie. I think it's gong. I wish I could have uh, recorded Zach's face as he said the word gong because of the way he says it. Gong. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gong with the wind. Ooh. No, no, no. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. You give that one to me. Uh, anyway, so they're hiding behind a gong. And they're uh, running away from this fancy fella. I just wanted to... It's super <laughs> duper duper... Silly. <laughs> I don't want to die. She doesn't want to die. They fall down, like in the streets of Agrabah. You know, mm -hmm. Aladdin's fleeing the the guards. the guards. One jump ahead of the breadline. One jump ahead of the sword. I don't actually remember the lyrics. I only take what I can't afford. I only take what I can't afford. Which is everything. Which is everything. <laughs> 
Which has nothing to do with what we're watching. Yes, it does. They were falling down the things. Okay. Um. So they fall. And dangle. Who are you? Who are you? And little uh, short stiff is here. Round. Uh, Magically anticipating that they would come out of that window Mm -hmm. and has the car right there for them. And we're about to get our first Wilhelm scream. Last landing. Short round. Step on it. Okie dokie, Dr. Joe's holding your potatoes. Hold your potatoes. Is he Irish? I think he's, it's a euphemism. He means his testicles. Hang on to your potatoes. He's telling Dr. Jones this. He doesn't care about the lady. He's saying, hang on to your potatoes. He's talking about his nuts. <laughs> well, first of all, this kid is way too focused on sex. This- yeah, I have a timestamp about that. I've got two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a little sexy Drive kid. Drive in the car! <laughs> okay, and... <laughs> I used to know how to play this on the piano. I didn't know that you used to be a piano man. <laughs> a pianist. A piano man. I wasn't very good. All right, so this... I have good pinky sprawl, though. Oh, yeah? How many uh, keys can you span? Oh, I don't know off the top of my head. There's a theory, well, not a theory, but there's a fact of life that piano playing, concert piano playing, is inherently sexist because men on average, have a much wider span of keys that they can go across. Mm. Uh, so playing some of the more difficult pieces um, is very difficult for a lot of women who have to train their hand to stretch further and they have to be faster on things because their fingers don't go as far. I haven't heard that, but... I mean, it makes sense. You know, men on average are taller and... Yeah, you know, when I was learning how to play the piano, you know, like most kids, I probably didn't practice as much as I should have. Really hope Miss Goddard is not listening to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna just. <laughs> I'm gonna take back the good job stickers I used to put on your sheet music. Oh, did she give you a golden star and a smiley? Uh, I think I had like a rainbow kind of cloud once and a couple things. My my sister was also a little more musically adept. Like she she was very good at the clarinet. Uh, so she was little Miss Goody Two-Shoes over there. Well, she just had more motivation to do the things. So I was like, but Zelda. <laughs> Smoking your reefer, playing your Zeldas? No, I was a good kid. I never did bad things, really. I was too much of a nerd to do the bad things. <laughs> like, Even if I wanted to, I was too like, no, guys, we can't. We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> We're not supposed to. Yeah, and I think that my friends who did know me in high school can vouch for, yeah, she was a care bear. Like, she's, you know, I don't know that that's changed much. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a moment, we're going to get an accusation from uh, little Willie? Willie over here. Okay, doll. Doll. tag along? Ever since you got into my club, you haven't been able to take your eyes off me. Is that true? I mean, you were on stage. I think it'd be rude if we were looking at, you know, our noodles or menus or... Well, he was coming down the stairs after the song was over. Yeah, so how did she know where he was looking? He, he couldn't have been looking. <laughs> he wasn't there. And then once he got got down there, he was facing away from the stage. He was looking at her through behind the back of his skull. Sure. <laughs> I just think it's bad writing. 
like they they wanted to shoehorn in the the romance with them, and so this is one such breadcrumb on that path to a nonsensical romance. Mm. You couldn't take your eyes off me, and he's going to deny it. But of course, really, <laughs> he couldn't. Well, you know the people you hate the most. There's a passion there. A passion. All right, so we've uh, they're on the plane. They're sleeping right now, and uh, we've got these little fellows that are about to sneak past them very sneakily. You know, in um, airplane and aeronautic terms, we would call them pilots. The planemen? You you call planemen what? Pilots. They're piloting the plane. The plane on which they are men. <laughs> Ergo, they are planemen. Ergo. <laughs> Yeah, they're going in the air <laughs> in a plane <laughs> as men. They are ergo plane men. Manly men. That's a whole sentence, ergo plane men. <laughs> <laughs> or plane men ergo. Sneaking by sneakily. <laughs> and laughs in Indy's face. Yeah. He's but- trying to sneak out. And who sneaks and laughs in people's faces? That's just not a way to sneak. <laughs> like you're trying to sneak by the guards and you get real close to him and go, <laughs> dummy. I mean, uh, to be fair. Unless you're a heavy sleeper. He is a heavy sleeper. And he, he takes being shaken many times to wake him up. Mm-hmm. But they don't know that. It's true. Unless maybe it's rumored. Or he's also sleeping off poison. Also, what if they hadn't been sleeping? Oh, it's that kind of plane, is it? <laughs> hey, I didn't mean that they were having sexual interface. I mean that maybe they were still awake. Or playing poker. Just playing some rummy. What's the difference between rummy and gin rummy? Uh, the type of beverage you're drinking. So why was bathtub gin a thing? Really thirsty. <laughs> Could drink a whole bathtub of Diet Coke or gin, and I don't want cancer, so I'm gonna go with the gin. <laughs> Guess I've got to be drunk out of my skull. Now I'm sure a bathtub amount of gin could kill you, but yeah, is still out on that. But if it didn't, but if it didn't, party, <laughs> you'd be a god. <laughs> I am a golden god. Are you in the bathtub, gin? No. <laughs> and now I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds. I am Bacchus's friend. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's all I go out until 1724. So they're on the plane still. They're about to jump out. Indy Joe grabs the floaty and is standing by the door, ready to deploy. Mm-hmm. Little lady comes over here, gives him some words of wisdom. Why did she have to do with that? Like, was that a character choice? I don't know. It's It was somebody's choice. I, I thought that kid actors were usually the one to over overdo. She points and goes, we're not sinking. We're crashing. <laughs> M- ma'am, this is not a Rodney Dangerfield movie. <laughs> I, I have no words for this woman. <laughs> Except don't. Just don't. I'll tell you what, it made me think of uh, Chevy Chase from Christmas Vacation where at the beginning of the movie where they drive under the truck and his wife says, Clark, we're stuck under a truck. <laughs> and then he goes, do you honestly think I don't know that? <laughs> and I just wanted him to say that. Yeah. 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 
Chi is just a waste of screen time and organs. She was trying to shield short round a little bit. Or was she trying to clutch at him, afraid that he would jump without her? Both. All right, so now they fall. Science doesn't work like that. They fall, and they fall. Did you do one of your seconds falling counter things? Oh, I should have. No, I didn't. I Because it's not really necessary, because they, of course... They would have died because they crash landed and all of their organs would have liquefied. (laughs) And because of the intense whiplash of the bounce, all like their neck and spine and stuff would definitely break. And because the bounce, when they hit, they would fling up again and then land on their necks dead. And also the law of the jelly sandwich is that the jelly would have been on the flip side of the landing and, you know, just like we wouldn't want Oh, I totally agree with that because the other side is what would have had the most air resistance because, well, they've got the weight pulling it down, but also because it's got all the crevices and stuff that would have acted like a parachute. Mm -hmm. That side would definitely have gone down. Yep. 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 They're definitely dead. Movie's over. Goodbye. (laughs) So really the, the adventure that they have is not really an of earth adventure. It is some sort of purgatory for us anyway. So they've arrived at the village alive somehow. And are being served food. Mm-hmm. So, I ask you. I can't eat this. That's more food than these people eat in a week. They're starving. I'm sorry. You can have it. it. I'm not hungry. <laughs> you're insulting them and you're embarrassing me. Bad news tummy, he says. So what do you think the uh, the ethics are of eating decadently in front of a village of starving people? So in, in this case, they're trying to beseech them for help. So they're making a big show of serving them. And, you know, culturally, a lot of cultures believe in treating guests better than you would treat yeah. Yourself. Yeah. And so um, I would try to look at it in a way maybe a little more kindly than Indiana Jones. Like it, it's super insulting what you're doing. These people are starving to death and they're trying to make sure you're fed. So like I, I probably would make a better show of being grateful or thankful for them or, you know, more polite or. Oh, you're talking from her perspective. You would have been nicer. From her perspective, or I would have sided with Indy a little bit. It's yeah. like, you, you are being an ugly American. Then you say that it would be the more ethical thing to eat the food in front of all the starving people. I mean, I don't... Instead of going out there and attempting to... Or either in solidarity, not eating, or uh, trying to feed them. If if it was... So they, they gave me the food because culturally it was important to them to make sure that I ate. Yeah. I wouldn't want to insult them. Um, I would... Like, you know, Indy want to help them in some way. But, you know, I, I feel like if the cultural expectation is that they have to host me and this food would otherwise go to waste, I wouldn't want to be insulting and wasteful. But agree that it would probably be bad news for my tummy because anytime you have something new, it can have interesting side effects on the tum-tum. 
True that. So I, I think I, I agree with you because I mean, it's not like practically speaking, if you abstain from eating it, that it would really help Yeah, very much. You, you may be able to feed like one of the kids in the village, the plate that you're eating, but then you don't know the ramifications if that starving kid ate the food. Yeah. Then they get arrogant and try to take everybody's food or, you know, just even the, the town could shun him a little bit like, Oh, that, that kid just ate the, the food that was intended for the visitors. Like, you know, so why are they starving there? Because I think the explanation that they give here in a bit is that the stone being removed turned all the animals into ash and turned the river into sand. Mm-hmm. So their but, crops died. But the river is not sand. They came in on the river. Different river. They go to that river. I mean, so one, we don't know where the crops were. If it took replanting your crops near the fertile river, we don't know how hard it would have been to physically haul the river. There's other unknowns to the village layout that we don't know. They sound kind of dumb to me. Poison in the water from upstream, the upstream tannery. Oh, so they're, they're being uh, flanked from all sides by different types of things. There's a curse on one side and poison on the other. Yep. That sucks. 10% of the Skittles have been poisoned. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is where they've uh, they've bedded Camped. down for the night. Mm-hmm. Yep. They've set down camp. And it looks like Willie's trying to dry her clothes or something. Yeah, because the elephant had soaked her. Caught him trying to pick my pocket. Didn't I, short stuff? Biggest trouble with her is the noise. Yes. <laughs> Hard as No dignity. <laughs> <laughs> that, they don't even show her that, face. That even that seemed like an airplane moment. Mm-hmm. Like she just went from screaming in one area, ran over to the like the middle of the stage, looked right into the camera, oh! <laughs> like dancing around a little bit, and then goes off camera again. Yeah. No. Honestly, m- most of this movie, the first time I watched it, I've, I'm kind of dulled to it now but the first time i watched this movie it seemed like a farce it seemed like a spoof mm-hmm. of it, it seemed like an austin powers style indiana jones it all seemed so stupid <laughs> <laughs> like and not stupid like honestly okay i we get the message i didn't like this movie yeah um no, I, I knew it <laughs> so it it wasn't even a bad indiana jones sequel mm-hmm. it was a bad movie it was like just even for just a movie it was a bad movie See, so I, I do want to save my thought on that until the, the end. That's fine. We can we can go more into it later. Yeah, because I don't disagree with you, but this is where my rose tint has a... I think I liked it more in the past than I do now. It bothered me more now than it did in the past. Yeah, uh, but you know, you saw it when you were a kid. You loved it when you were a kid. I understand that. But uh, coming to this movie fresh as an adult... Mm-hmm. Uh, as a modern woke gentleman yeah but i i'm not dogmatically woke oh no i'm, I, I'm, I'm you're, you're not a man bun but i i'm i'm <laughs> i like to think that i'm sensitive in the ways that i should be and i'm willing to learn and i'm open to more information and all that stuff i like to be progressive in ways that make sense but i am open to rejecting in ways that i think don't make sense when it suits you no not when it suits no, me when i, I think it makes sense <laughs> or when you're educated <laughs> about the well other, it, but know. being educated it implies that what i don't know is correct or that i should agree with the thing that i don't yet know about so if someone tries to explain why i should care about something mm-hmm. and after i know about it maybe i don't care that's possible or i disagree with their conclusion oh reginald i disagree, I disagree. <laughs> anyway so continuing more screaming. Hey. Why didn't she go to them? 
She's being bombarded by all the animals in creation. I mean, they can hear her. They're just clearly unsympathetic to her plight. Well, of course they should be. But, I mean, they should be <laughs> unsympathetic. But why isn't she going to them? They're not having a problem. Go to where she knows it's safe. Yeah. But she just is, like, stumbling around in the darkness, ready to be scared by every spooky monster out there. That is a great phrase frame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're accusing each other of cheating. Okay, that was a cute little monkey. Now, no mistake. No mistake. I'm very little. You cheat very big. I'm very little. You cheat very big. That's bad writing. No, not really. He's so happy with himself. Look at him. He was just found with a card in his sleeve and he's smiling ear to ear. <laughs> and she's still going around now. An owl flies right up to her. And I'm pretty sure that type of owl is not indigenous to India. Probably not. But she's just like every time she stops, something comes up to her. It's just goofy. Yeah. It's so silly. And it's very much out of league with the first one. He's cute, the little Kalana. <laughs> Even if she's so scared, why is she screaming? And why is she not just going and sitting by the fire? If she wants to be away from the animals, go sit by the fire. Yeah. That's where the people are. And that's where the animals are not. Let's scream some more. The place is completely surrounded. The entire place is crawling. Yeah, it's a jungle. I know he's about to say that, but like... Come, do you... That's why they call it the jungle, sweetheart. Okay, don't you sweetheart me, son of a... Like, I, he, I, he, he's the sort of person that can pull off a sweetheart, I think. Oh, yeah, like Humphrey Bogart. He could pull off a sweetheart. Sure. Yeah. I think that Harrison could, in today's society, I think he could pull off a sweetheart without being offensive. But to her, it sounds angry. It doesn't sound sweet. It doesn't sound charming. Sweetheart sounds like it's code for something else. No, it's, it sounds like he's being demeaning. Like, all right, sweetheart. There's no warmth to it. There's no twinkle in the eye. It's just mean. And it should be. She's horrible. Mm -hmm. But I'm just, there's no chemistry. That's my point. I, th I think this is the, probably the worst performance Harrison Ford has ever given. I thought, that, that says something where you actually support the child actor. Yeah. I, th I think he was the most likable thing entity in this movie. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm t like any inanimate object or animal or anything. He was the most likable anything. Mm -hmm. And that's that says a lot when Harrison Ford is in the movie. <laughs> also true. Magic rocks. My grandpa was a magician. He spent his entire life with a rabbit in his pocket and pigeons up his sleeves. I mean <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm now seeing this movie three times. And <laughs> every time she delivers that line, I think she's going to say, he spent his whole life with a rabbit in his pocket and pigeons up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Because she says, and pigeons up his, and she says sleeve, but just like up his, it sounds like she's going to say ass and pigeons up his ass. Maybe sleeve is a euphemism. I don't know. I don't know either, but it makes me giggle every time I hear it. A lot of children have been died. A very poor man. Magic rocks. Fortune and glory. Sweet dreams, Dr. Jones. Where are you going? I'd sleep closer if I were you. For safety's sake. Dr. Jones, I'd be safer sleeping with a snake. <laughs> I said... And uh, he gets freaked out. He hasn't been freaked out by anything. And cut it out! 
Oh, yeah. yeah that's a little more of a reaction than I recall. And he's staying back there. He is freaked out by that snake. Hi. Hi. Back again, aren't we? Yep. So, just a little behind the curtain. Mm. I got sleepy. <laughs> Too late. Yeah, and yet when I go home, I still can't sleep and have to take, like, you know, a melatonin or something. What you should do is take Ambien while you're on the podcast so that you start getting delusional <laughs> by the end. And then right when you get home, you can fall asleep and then tweet something racist. <laughs> So, um, we are now entering... The Xander Zone. Ah, Xander Cage. Now, could we please have a good Rammstein opening <laughs> to our... Did I ever tell you that when I drive through Baltimore, it makes me uncomfortable to listen to Rammstein? Uh, no, but why? Because they're screaming German things, and we don't know, or not everyone knows what they're screaming. So, going through certain parts of Baltimore, I think... Do you think, think people you are going to think you're a, like a really metal Nazi? Yeah, and I don't want that. <laughs> I doubt anybody <laughs> is catching any of the lyrics enough to know that it's German, first of all. And if they are, they probably know who Rammstein is anyway. Like, people have heard of Rammstein. Have they? Like, I feel like that's something you and I heard of because we grew up with it, but I, I think it's fallen out of fashion. Like, I just, I don't want it to come off the wrong way. I already am blonde and blue-eyed enough. I don't <laughs> that's a good point, actually. You've got a bad look blasting German metal. Yeah. So, as, as, and don't have your arm out of the window either. I, I don't because drive down Baltimore with my windows down. Just because I've had people try to snatch my purse before in certain bad parts of Baltimore. Well, why are you driving through bad parts of Baltimore? Um, sometimes if I have to go to certain parts of my job, I have to. So they have now arrived at the palace to the sound of joyous music. It's pretty music in the loud, bright colors and they're dancing around a chandelier. So I have a little bit of uh, trivia about this section right here. Mm -hmm. So to save money, they had originally planned a scene with fighter planes chasing around each other and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And lots of explosions. Cost a million dollars, it would have. And uh, they were running over budget, so Stevie Spielbs was like, all right, we're going to cut that out. We're going to do something else. So they shot this instead. People are cheaper than explosions. Yeah, so they came up with this dinner scene to explain things that would have been explained by more expensive scenes. Anyway, so to save some money, they used these interiors, which were just redresses of the sets used for Kamal Khan's palace in the James Bond film Octopussy, hmm. which is a hilarious name for a movie. That sounds like a spoof. Yeah, it did not age well. W did it really sound uh, reasonable back then? I don't know. I wasn't alive then. Well, from, <laughs> from all accounts, are people like, oh, yes, that was a dignified name well, back I mean, in 83? There was, no, it was in the 60s, but. Uh, <laughs> it says, well, I got this from IMDb. It said it was 1983 Octopussy. It can't be. I'm looking that up. I'm fact checking you. All right. Wow, you're right. It, you're absolutely right. I just don't remember it being 83. Uh, were you 85? 85, yeah. But uh, that well, is my favorite Bond, era. Roger Moore. I, it just, the movie feels like a 60s movie. So I never questioned my brain memory that it was a 60s movie. Right. Uh, well, anyway, so for the 80s, Octopussy, for yeah. the name of a movie. Yeah. What um, kind of a name is that? Well, yeah, especially since people kind of got out of fashion of calling cats that word. Say what word? <laughs> This it's going to sound worse than me rapping. This is a safe place. <laughs> Everybody here supports you. Kitten. <laughs> Your nostrils flare. You know what I'm talking about. 
Anyway, so uh, Octopussy is a. Are we agreed? That's a. That's an odd name, and probably was in the eighties as well. Why did they do that? I don't know. Look, you are you. You have to represent James Bond. The problem is, is, I'm not as big a James Bond fan as say my cousin Chris, who was with us for the Lost Boys episode. He actually had a whole podcast devoted to the subject. Can we get him on the phone? Because uh, I, I want probably. someone to defend Octopussy. Yes, hello. Hey, we needed to phone hello. a friend for a podcast-related question. So you're on the air right now. It sounds like we have Christopher Darklet and Miss Kay Clay. Hello. <clears throat> so first of all, just to set the scene. Oh, I wasn't going to. I was just going to go right into the question. Okay, so to set the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Octopussy. Can yeah. you can you defend the name Octopussy as a James Bond film ah. title? And remember, I thought that was a 60s film. Turns out it was 83. Oh, it was 83, yeah. Um, no, I really can't defend it because <laughs> it, it literally is the name that the quasi-villainess, quasi-Bond girl, like a pet name by her father. So it was just kind of, he, he, she's like, he's like, you know, he called me his little octopusy. And I'm just kind of like. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. That's oh, in no, fact yeah. worse than I remember. <laughs> and okay. I'm, I'm a Roger Moore as James Bond kind of girl. And I did not remember that. <laughs> so why Octo? Like what, what's with the eight that she's. Well, well okay. No. So basically <laughs> it was uh, the main character's father was one of the like he was he was a scientist he, he was like the leading authority on like octopus oh octopi, okay and that was kind of her thing and it was all just she was kind of the uh i guess they call them a guffin in that film mm-hmm. but yeah no so, i really can't defend it because i don't i think it was an ian fleming so it, one of the stories it was an ian fleming's book so of course it did come from the 60s okay but at the same time you didn't have to call it that because it's just it's so dated by the time you hit 83. Right. You could have called her an octopussois. Well, was it suppo- were all the James Bond movies supposed to be contemporary? The time that they were releasing is the time it was supposed to be in the film? They take liberties with the books. A lot of them just really have the title and maybe a couple of the characters. Since they just took a few of the aspects of it, it is all contemporary. They happen in the year that they were released. I gotcha. Okay. So in, in, the, in the 80s, was it typical of anybody, any male gentleman to call their lady friends pussy? No, not, not that I remember. Of course, in 83, I was like five. But at the same time, <laughs> if you go back to like Goldfinger, which was released in what, 63, 61 or 60, I think it was 61. The main character was Pussy Galore. Now, if you listen <laughs> to that name, that's, that's straight up just means a lot of pussy yep. so it, it, <laughs> or like it, uh, austin powers a lot of china yeah that that's that's where they get that name and, and then when goldfinger came out in like the early 60s fine you know that, that it makes sense by the time you get to 83 and you're and, and you're telling your movies octopussy it's kind of like uh Ew. Getting, this is getting a little a tone deaf why, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason why you know it, it's considered one of the uh, lesser of the bonds even though it's roger moore and it was it definitely gets ranked towards the bottom of the bond list well we appreciate you both and have a lovely evening and uh om nom shivai to you as well all right <clears throat> So there you have it. I didn't even get through the first sentence of the thing before we got to Octopussy. Uh, I don't remember how we got there. Which was filmed the previous year at a nearby Pinewood studio. That's how we got there. <laughs> they used the same set. That's that's what I was trying to get at. Ugh. So they saved money by using the same set from Octopussy. 
And anyway, it's not a journey; it's the destiny. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, wait, scratch sh- that. Reverse what I just said. Scratch that. Reverse it. My it really shows. It looks terrible. I don't know if this lo- it looked bad in Octopussy. I feel like this is the most I've said the word pussy in a my whole life. Probably you're gonna need to wash your mouth out with soap or sand. <laughs> it's not gonna bring you any prezzies. Yep. So uh, I don't know if it looked bad in that movie, but it really looks bad in this one. So I wonder, and I don't know how we would ever test this. Mm-hmm. We have so much more advanced technology for screens and depth. Would this have looked better on a lower resolution? Yeah, of course. Screen? Okay. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't as drying as. But there was nothing akin to how bad this looks in the first movie or any other part of this movie. Like there, there are, you can do sets. That look good. And part of the reason this looks bad isn't the production value of the set. It's the lighting. They lit it like a sitcom. Like, it all looks flat. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I was so looking at the dancers and stuff like that that I never paid attention. But it's so bright. It's so bright everywhere. Oh, um, we're coming up to one of my favorite parts, which is uh, Indy's interaction with one of the gentlemen who work in the court. And their conversation is just, they're they're approaching a British officer during, uh, in this time, India would have been occupied by British soldiers, uh, keeping track of the empire, the British empire. And so uh, this is just a interaction I found really funny, which was his way of describing British occupation. We are fortunate tonight to have so many unexpected visitors. This is Captain Bloombert, 11th Pooner Rifles. And you, sir, are Dr. Jones, I presume. I am, Captain. Captain Bloombert and his troops are on a routine inspection tour. The British find it amusing to inspect us at their convenience. I do hope, sir, that it's not uh, inconvenient to you, well, sir. The British worry, sir, about their empire. Makes us all feel like well-cared-for children. So it just was a very British fight that just happened there. It was, and I'm curious about his response. It makes us all feel like well-cared-for children. Mm-hmm. Now, he said that tongue-in-cheek, I assume, but yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't exactly know what the perspective of the movie was toward how India felt. So were they saying that they are kind of begrudgingly grateful to uh, the English empire for being there to take care of them, even though it's sometimes an inconvenience? No, I, I don't think. Because obviously ever... that's not the case in real life. But yeah. I was wondering if that was kind of the perspective of the film. Oh, no, I, I just kind of got the feeling it's like, it, we don't want you here. You're here anyway, and there's nothing we can do about it. Right. So he's just kind of grimly being a little sardonic here yes okay grim sardonics sardonicisms yes i was trying to i was like (laughs) how to conjugate i run they run we run (laughs) irony that is irony stupid (laughs) you can't just have characters announce how they feel (laughs) that makes me feel angry (laughs) watch futurama friends yes do speaking of A little bit of a Futurama shout-out later in this movie. Hmm. Got a Futurama actor. Gluttony bot? Excuse me? Gluttony bot. Oh, gluttony. <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were saying clutton, but... Um, um, Excuse me? 
Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's not gluttony. It's uh, hedonism. Hedonism bot. Yeah, <laughs> that's his name. Hedonism bot. No, I was trying to get there too. I was like, <laughs> no, the, this one we talked about Nazis. We talked about yep, yep, yep. pussy. We talked about. <laughs> she said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is our filthiest episode yet. Right, I would fair like enough. to. <laughs> I'll concede. So I was going to let this scene just play out because I want to. I want to just look at some other things. Do you have other comments on this scene? No, I'm just going to say now we are going to enter the meal of stereotypes. Oh, yes. So I don't know anything about authentic Indian cuisine and classic. It probably would have been vegetarian. Uh, So from everything that I read just in the trivia, people were saying this is definitely nowhere near realistic or authentic. They were just, what they said was actually that Lucas and uh, Spielbs were going for the gross out factor. And and it worked. I was was thoroughly disgusted. But my guess is, you know, it would have, Hindu culture, there's a lot of vegetarianism. Um, There could have been goat meat or chicken. Chicken masala? They were kind of in a land. Well, that's actually a British thing. Little bit of vindaloo. So yeah, uh, so chicken tikka masala was actually something cr- that uh, natives of India created because the British were too uh, soft of palate to handle normal food. Oh, I didn't know that. So actually, I that makes sense because during one of the uh, look at his little prancy walk. I know. He's the so emperor has just walked in. Uh, I always thought one, it was a girl. One of uh, Stuart Lee's stand-up specials, he talks about how India created them a national uh, cuisine. So I guess that's what that means. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's a very interesting. And look at this. She's upset because she wants to whore herself out. For to, money. For the, well, money and trinkets and whatever else she wants she just wants to sleep she her way to the to top. She wants to be a kept woman. This woman is not a real, well, I shouldn't say not a real. I'm sure people like that exist, but she's just repellent in every way. I at least want to get to the part where was just telling me something of the uh, Harry Ford has to look between his legs. Mm. It seems the British never forget the mutiny of 1857. Damn you. Yes, well, you know, I think there are other events before the mutiny. Going back a century, back to the time of Clive, that are more interesting. And what events are those, Dr. Jones? Well, if memory serves me correctly, this area, this province, was the center of activity for the Thuggy. Yuck. So a snake has just been plopped. plopped on the table next to a guy with a very inauthentic mustache. <laughs> it, somehow the roasted snake that's being cut open is pregnant with a bunch of baby snakes. Short round has dropped his bubble gum. Okay, so you think that that was uh, it was giving birth? It was. I I figured it was stuffed. Oh, it could have been stuffed. I, I don't know because I don't think that's how snakes are born. <laughs> well, traditionally not, but I thought that might have been a C-section. You were saying it's not a snaky C-section. <laughs> well, the snake was roasted. So how did the snake roast and the inside things not get cooked? Too? Yeah, well there you go. So I uh, yeah, must have been stuffed. Yeah. Why did they even bother to make it steam? Thuggy was an obscenity that worshipped Kali with human sacrifices. The British Army nice did it away with them. This guy <laughs> eating just in the most grotesque way possible. Now, also, I have never known snakes to make that noise. What, slippy sloppy noises? Well, they kind of make like a little screechy sad noise. 
Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Snake, snakes don't do that. <laughs> no, but it's the same thing for most movies with spiders. They usually have spiders hiss and stuff like that and make little <laughs> noises. So uh, tarantulas do hiss. I think there are some spiders that do, but most of them don't. No, most of them do not. Yeah. You see, Captain, a rock. Who has ever heard of such a thing? <laughs> Eyeball soup, just like mom used to make. Apparently, she had to do like 30 takes of that to get the eyes to come out properly. Because mm. they were stuck to the bottom with suckers. The legend of the Shankara stones. Dr. Jones, you're all vulnerable to vicious rumors. I seem to remember that in Honduras, you were accused of being a grave robber rather than we an go. archaeologist. Well, watch the this. Newspapers greatly exaggerated the incident. And wasn't it the Sultan of Madagascar who threatened to cut your head off if you ever returned to his country? No, it wasn't my head. Then your hands, perhaps. No. It's going to look down. It wasn't my hands. It was my... My misunderstanding. Uh, exactly. <laughs> He's talking about his manhood. He was going to get his willy chopped. I thought the stories were told to frighten children. Why does he have such a lady voice? once real and did of unspeakable things. I'm ashamed of what happened here so many years ago, and I assure you, this will never happen again in my kingdom. It sounds like a falsetto that he's doing. All right. Well, that's all I wanted to look at. I wanted to just make sure that we had a look in on his penis. Yep. And uh, the only thing we're going to miss here is eating chilled monkey brains for dessert. <laughs> Although I can't help but think of uh, monkey brains from a. Uh, Clue. Well, popular in Cantonese cuisine. You need to see Clue. Yeah, I need to see Clue. Although uh, I've seen most of it. All right, here we go. So we've got a uh, little short fella. <clears throat> short a plate of fruit. Short stuff and uh, Harry Ford heading back to the room after the dinner. Mm-hmm. We're going to see how Harry Ford deals with this budding, if inexplicable, romance. So the only thing that I'll kind of lead into this with is that I'm extremely creeped out that this kid knows that Dr. Jones is not only a player, um, but he's asking him to share the details of it with him. So he not only knows ab- about these kinds of exploits, but expects a story afterwards. What kind of adult man tells a child about his sexual conquests? Apparently Indiana Jones does, the monster. Filthy. But I agree. I, I had the same exact thought. I was like, why is this kid so interested and involved in his sex life? And also covers his eyes when there's kissing. Yeah, and when, oh, I, I don't know if I even mentioned this in the very beginning, when they were making their escape scene away from the, the, the dinner and dance place, mm-hmm. the Obi-Wan Cafe. Yeah, in bar, China. Whatever. Yeah. It was in the back, and Indiana Jones started digging through her shirt, Willie's boobs. Yeah, to get the antidote. Did he? I don't know that we ever saw him see that she put it there. So he was just digging through, hoping it was there. Listen, he's about to die. It's a last man's ditch effort to yeah. die or die trying. <laughs> but why start there? <laughs> Where, okay, she wasn't wearing much. Where else is he going to fondle? Now, I know what you're going to say. Oh, I Alice, don't want to say it anymore. Allison, why does he have to fondle anything? Why does he have to fondle? Yeah, that was what I meant to say. Why does he have to fondle anything? He needed the antidote. And if it wasn't there, well... I'm not going to say it. He's going to have fun till the end. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> till the end um yeah, yeah 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 i don't know he seemed a bit rapey there and a uh, little uh, short fella said 
That's his No MO. time for love. Yeah. How does he know what love looks like? The, the act of love. And if he thinks that's what love is, he has a very, very difficult life coming up. Oh boy, oh boy. And this is just getting problematic. All right, so let's uh let's see how Harry Ford deals with this inexplicable budding love. Mm-hmm. Uh I think I'll just check on Willie. Yeah, sure. Why? That's all you better do. That's all you better do. Tell me later what happened. Oh boy. That's uh. great. He says with a slight smile. Yeah. got something for you there's nothing you have that i could possibly want why right oh my god this is so disgusting oh, oh god mm-hmm. and the noises that she's making yeah is like an animal it's so degrading oh, and it's just nice, disturbing <laughs> maybe you could be my palace slave <laughs> The look he's given her now. I, it's just so Bedroom weird. They have absolutely no chemistry. Wear your jewels to bed, princess? Yeah. I think he thought he slipped into Star Wars for a moment. And nothing else. Why are you flirting Shock. with him? Mm-hmm. Nothing shocks me. I'm a scientist. I can't so actually watch this. This is so embarrassing. Well, this isn't my timestamp oh. anymore. <laughs> it's mine. What sort of research would you do on that? And it's also chewing noises, which you hate. Just Don't chew like an animal. You're, you're talking over the worst part. Hang on. I've got to go back. What sort of research would you do on me? Nocturnal activities. Oh, boy. What sort of cream I put on my face at night? What position I like to sleep in? Mating customs. Love rituals? <laughs> Mating customs. Practices. So you're an authority in that area? Years of field work. Years of field work. Uh, this is the worst thing that's ever been put on film. This is so bad. <laughs> this is so bad. I actually so cringy. <laughs> I the first time I watched it, I was watching it with Josh and Price. I had the first of these little remarks. I laughed my ass off and had to leave the room. I actually couldn't watch the rest of that scene. So I, I have to know, was it the first time for Josh and Price? And what did they think? It was the first time for both of them, too. They didn't leave the room in protest, but uh, they b- both thought that this movie was ludicrous. Yeah, I'm not I'm not defending this one. The third one is where my heart is. Okay. <laughs> if you don't like that one, I will be crushed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to a good Indiana Jones movie again, because like I, I love the first one. I thought the first one was great, and this one is just pure garbage you know who agrees with you our friend kevin smith the one the only kevin smith yeah there's only one kevin smith in this world and and it's it's our friend (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i i did i have anything else to hate in this scene let me see (laughs) hate 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 loathe (laughs) loathe entirely so there's a fight scene that's ensuing and so here's my thing This is an ancient right palace. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, yeah, it, it's clearly a light bulb. Yeah. So uh, this is an ancient palace coming forwards to more modern times, but it's still an ancient palace in India in a rural part of India. Are we buying that they would have electricity yet? 
Yeah, I actually thought about it when I first watched it. Um, we were making jokes about having Wi-Fi in the uh, village that they went to initially. Yeah. And then when they came here, I was like, I would believe that they have telephones. And, and ceiling fans. Yeah, and, and some yeah. electricity there for lights and ceiling fans and things like that. So I was so uncomfortable with the scene. I looked up, when did electricity come to India? <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the answer? Okay. So, um, electricity was first displayed in Calcutta in 1879. A contract with the British Electric Corporation was not created until 1897. Most homes, even in the U.S., didn't have electricity until 1925. Temple of Doom was sent in 1935. Yep. So, maybe? Um and the ceiling that fan. That seems plausible. The electric ceiling fan was created in 1882. So if this castle had electricity, they could have had ceiling fans and light bulbs. Yep. I, I totally buy it. The, what I don't buy is that the ceiling fan is strong enough to suck up that guy. No, absolutely not. Because <laughs> not any break. person trying to, like, you know, click the fan like you can stick your hand up and it'll just hit you in the hand it's not gonna well yeah and it's just not gonna bear any amount of weight at all it'll come crashing down and break and all that yep so that that was all i found it implausible so i had to do the research for the the light bulbs because i didn't think they would have had them quite yet right but they did yep. good for them <laughs> good for you indian people I just meant in the palace. I didn't. You did my... well. Electricity. Wow. Good job. That just sounds so condescending. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for this one, this is where Indian short stuff are going into the secret tunnel, and Indiana Jones to open the doorway into the tunnel had to grope the stone breasts of a little <laughs> statue woman because he's a perpy boy. Yeah, he could have pressed anywhere, but he grasped both breasts with each hand. And Willie's like, I'm right. Here. I know. <laughs> I struggled whether it, internally whether I should play that, and I it's not worth it. There's so much cringe already. <laughs> He's like wandering around the room. I might as well just talk about it. He's wandering around the room, and she's like, "Um, I'm right here." And he's like clearly sweating and upset and not looking at. He's like looking around the room for something, and she's like, "Um, I'm right here. Mm -hmm. Um, hello, Indy." And she's just not real non-stone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she is just so written to be so stupid, and stupid and cringy. Just dim-witted. Well, he's cringy too. Everyone's cringy. And uh, I don't know if I've said it already because this is our second part of recording this, but mm -hmm. also I think this is the worst acting Harrison Ford has ever done. You did say that. Now, this isn't the movie that taught you to hate movies. We know that to be The Meg. I I'll come back to that. Yeah. No, no, I'm going to come back to that. Okay. In a significant way. Oh, no. Has this dethroned The Meg? We're Does Jason Statham got to come here and punch Indy in the face and be like, get back? We're going to come back to that. <laughs> okay, so he grasped the breasts, opened a tunnel. Uh-huh. Like you do. <laughs> like um, you do. <laughs> Must be Tuesday. Yeah, and uh, why is she trying to open up, or why is she trying to press on other stone breasts to open up a tunnel? The tunnel's already open. Maybe she wanted to find a different tunnel, one that's less Breasty? dark and scary. <laughs> I don't want to go through the breast tunnel today, I think. But why, I, I think that it's going to happen after this. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Ugh. I hate the noise. I hate it. Again. So we're just seeing all the insects. And insects don't make. No oh, and we missed the 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 quote. He, as they were walking into this room, short round says. It's like fortune cookie. It's, with, it's crunching underfoot like a fortune cookie. Which is not a Chinese thing. 
it's not a it's not a Chinese thing. And why is that the only frame of reference that they give this Chinese boy to uh, equate to something crunchy? Yeah, there there's got to be like there's other th- gravel, gravel, <laughs> anything. And it, yeah, yeah. No, I was even just trying to think of like you know chips. Yeah, uh, prawn chips. Just anything shells. Yeah, but a no, shell, a shells would have been perfect. Fortune cookie. They had to give the Chinese boy fortune cookie. It's crunchy, like a fortune cookie. Sure, George. Sure, Spielbs. <laughs> like more, a fortune cookie. I'm sure they're more woke now. I don't understand why they uh, didn't try harder to give him better lines. I think that little child actor did a very good job between this and Data and the Goonies, which I know you don't like the Goonies. No, the Goonies is terrible. And it's largely his fault. <sighs> I'll fight but you. I'll uh, fight you right now. I'll fight you so hard. No, but he was the only <laughs> likable part of this movie, I will say. Which is saying something because you hate child actors. Yeah. Well, generally, I don't always. I mean, uh, Stranger Things, I think, is a very good show. And it's largely down to the child actors that are doing a great job. But, you know, I think the casting department did a great job. Almost every character in that was well cast. The uh, the children, the teenagers, the adults, all of them are great. The directing is great. So I, it was in good hands. But, uh, yeah, the child actors in that are good. That's just very obvious when there's a bad child actor, I think. They stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. All right, so for we're, this one... We're in a trapdoor room thing. Willie's coming to help Indy and uh, Shaft run. Short run? Short round? Gah, you're ruining me. <laughs> <laughs> and little uh, sh- uh, staff run. They're stuck in the trash compactor from Star Wars, so let's watch that happen. <laughs> What is this? What on earth? How does she open her mouth so wide? Like she looks like uh, the the broken banshee. Well, no. Did did you ever see the ring? The original, the ring. Well, how original is original? Okay, not the Japanese. The first American one. Oh, uh, I think yeah. Okay, so in the very opening, beginning, there the first girl we see die in this movie. Uh, she's later found in the closet, and all you see is kind of like her mouth open and her jaw distorted, like wide. Mm. Her face looks like that naturally. Well, that makes total sense. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just so like she keeps crying out to him, just like "What is this?" and things like that. Why do you need input from him for everything? Yeah, you just walk forward. Things are nasty around you. It's you can be uncomfortable. That's fine. You don't need a man's help. I broke a nail. These guys were in a woman-hating mood. They really were. She is a child. It's insulting. <laughs> now, these types of bugs would have been fighting each other, I would just like to state for the record. Like, or eating each other. Well, they might have been. In the first movie, the, all the snakes they had in the snake pit were eating each other in real life. Ugh. I'm sure PETA had a field day with that. <laughs> I don't think... A yeah, we age... never brought up PETA. No. Well, when we were talking about it in the last one. But yeah, you're right. I mean, PETA, I'm sure, would now have a complete field day tearing these people apart. Yeah. Because I think you could, PETA has, I don't know what power they actually have in this world, but... Um, <laughs> you have no power here. <laughs> Gandalf the Grey. <laughs> I will draw you. <laughs> like venom from a wound. Oh yeah, Peter. Uh, they, uh, apparently, <laughs> what power do they have? They give people grief, and I guess do lawsuits. I don't know. I think it's just illegal. Grief lawsuits. They throw red paint. 
but do they have like a, a, a contingency inside Hollywood itself that regulates how you're able to treat animals? So there, or do they just give certifications to movies that are good? So they, they do have um, a lot of animal rights activists within Hollywood. Actors um, tended to be of that because, you know, they're sensitive. They're actors. Or they can be. <laughs> not saying that's true of everybody. Talking about Clint Eastwood like he's sensitive? <laughs> could have been. Could be. I don't know. He could have lost it. Like, he could have developed a harder edge. Like, you know, the crankier he gets, the older he gets kind of thing. But I'd prefer them to go cranky than, you know, off the rocker like Mel Gibson. Well, he didn't do that when he got older. He did that when he was prime of his life. Anyway, so I think that there is some sort of bylaw, either within PETA or within whatever animal rights contingency in Hollywood, disallows people from hurting even insects. Yeah. So they have to use fake insects when they're crushing them or whatever in a movie. Yeah. Anywho, so she broke a nail and that's a tragedy. She doesn't know left from right, apparently. Oh! <laughs> Come on. The other one, the other right, your other right. Oh, one on your right. I'm sorry. I can't do it. She can't stick her hand in bugs to save two human lives, and probably her own. I will say that uh, if that was me i would not have an easy time doing it but i would save my friends and then later do the ookie dance like hold on mark is in a trash compactor no i said i would do it no but you said you'd have a hard time i'm saying you're watching mark about to be trash compacted no i would do it and do it quickly but mentally i'd be like fuck this is nasty yeah no i'm not saying you would enjoy it but i'm saying you would do it quick in a heartbeat because that's what needs to happen somebody's about to die yeah i'm gonna save mark i'm gonna save Wade. i'm gonna save you zach thank you I'm going to get... You would reach into bugs to save me from a trash compactor? Spiders, slimy things. I would do that to save a friend. Thank you. And then afterwards, I'd be like... Ew, 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 ew. And then you say, <laughs> you owe me. Yeah. And you would. A life debt. Did I tell you about... I think this was... Well, I couldn't have, I guess, because you were away on your honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> he, he raised his hands like it was alleged. <laughs> <laughs> Your alleged honeymoon, whatever yeah. this thing was. Gross. But I went to a Wendy's the other day. and You hate Wendy's. I hate, Why did you go? I hate Wendy's. But Price was over here and he likes Wendy's. So I thought, hey, I'll be a good friend. I'll take him to Wendy's. Is that the fast food equivalent of sticking your hand down a hallway full of bugs? Exactly. He was in a poor mood. Take the fella to Wendy's. It'll make him feel better. Cheer, what, cheer him up a little. Why was Price in a poor mood? I don't know. It's Price. He's just in moods sometimes. I've never known him to be a sullen fellow. That, yeah. that, I, I'm sad for Price. I hope he's feeling better. The Frosty turned his spirit around. Well, let me get to the end of the story. Frosty machine was broken. It's a McDonald's? No. <laughs> we were pulling into the Wendy's. Long line through the drive-thru. So I pulled into the line. And the person in front of me puts their uh, reverse light on no no you you can't do that and i'm like okay so i look behind me i put my car in reverse and i was about to pull out and then someone comes in behind me so now you're trapped and now i'm trapped and they're it's in a situation where they just pulled into the parking lot so their tail bumper is kind of on the main road Mm -hmm. so they can't back up yeah and it's right on a light that just turned red so everyone's piling up behind them (laughs) oh so the pressure's on yeah, and so a guy gets out of the car in front of me and like comes over to Price's window and I roll it down and I'm like, 
are you guys able to get out? And she's, and he was like, yeah, we're actually going to leave here. So would you mind uh, just backing up? And I'm like, well, I can't cause there's someone behind me and all this stuff. And he's like, ah, all right. Yeah. All right. So he like comes back and the, <laughs> I guess his girlfriend was driving and he's like, all right, he can't back up. You're going to have to try to get around him. So instead of just, she actually had enough room where she could have just angled out and backed out. Mm-hmm. But because I was, we came in at a curve and she's kind of going in straight like this. So she could have angled out like that. It would have been tight, but she could have done it. So instead of doing that, she Austin powered. <laughs> she, she, she went forward and back and she just kept inching like this. And I just stared at her for a while and I'm like, okay, say you can actually get yourself facing forward now. You're still going to have to fit through that same gap. The gap hasn't changed and the size of your car hasn't changed. <laughs> what are you doing? So I just sped away. I just left. I was like, Price, I'm sorry that you're feeling bad, but this was too stupid. And we went, ended up getting Outback instead. Well, that's probably better anyway. It was. Although the line for Outback, because we you know do the carry out thing or whatever, the line for Outback was stretched around the parking lot. So we ended up having to, but uh. the person in front of me wasn't trying to Austin Powers their way out of a situation. So it was all right. Uh, so one of my favorite things about that story was the gentleman that you were emulating in the story. You, you sounded an awful lot like one of the characters from uh, Rookie of the Year, played by uh, the same actor who did Marv in Home Alone. Well, God, you <laughs> bulged at me. Um, I have bulgy eyes, ladies and gentlemen. You, I look like you have the ability. You have no. You have the ability <laughs> to bulge your eyes, if needed. <laughs> In but you do not look like Igor. <laughs> what hump? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie. It is. Damn good movie. Yeah. I've only seen it uno times. Oh, well, that's a shame. Yeah, I need to see it again. Uh, anyway, so what are we doing here? We have escaped the trash compactor mm -hmm. with our only injury being to the one broken nail. Oh, uh, but that that's a tragedy enough, though. Tra the saddest thing to happen. Could we really tolerate any more tragedy in this movie well we're about to the tone of the movie is already really dark and we've broken a nail now so i don't think it can really go broken much nail can't really go any lower than that you know really if your nails break that easily you should probably get some like calcium or some uh they say that prenatals help with bone and hair growth so the real tragedy here was ignorance usually is actually when you think about it anyway so uh we've escaped sudden death and uh we have now made it into a cave of wonders well i wonder how they got away with the crimes they were committing in this cave <laughs> well done yeah <laughs> you made it connect <laughs> so uh we are observing some sort of ritual and we're not really sure except for indy who has an inkling of what's about to happen is going on here. Bam. Have you ever seen anything like this before? Yeah, all the time. Nobody's seen this for a hundred years. There is a lava um, pit within this kind of ritualistic chamber, and a man with the most interesting headdress walks out. Now, it's a beautiful one. That headdress looks like it has, you know, the horns of a Watusi cattle on it, but there's a lot of followers of this who are on their knees chanting the crown prince is holding an item also under the thrall of this dark priest. 
priest with a shrunken head and horn element on it. So the shrunken head thing, and there's a voodoo doll later. Yes. Are those Indian things? I, voodoo. voodoo is African and like Jamaican. Haitian. Haitian and that, that sort yeah. of thing. So shrunken head, I, I don't know the origin of the shrunken head thing. I'm going to Google it. There's a lot of the racism things and stereotypes happening in this movie. Uh, Peru and Ecuador. Interesting. What did we ever do before the internet and Google? Library. Li- li- I'm sorry. What li- Library. It's a place where there are, is a lot of like uh, flammable, like they're bl- big bricks of flammable material what? that has weird ink on it. This is a weird, miraculous place you're describing. Yeah, they've got like glyphs and stuff on it that, uh, you know, you can like look at it uh-huh. and then your brain sees pictures. What? Yeah. Did you know that some people don't do that? They don't have the ability when they're reading to visualize what's on the script? Yeah, I think that the, they're reading a book not in their native language. No, it, there, there's an actual thing. So um, some people read who read don't have the ability to create the mental visualization of what they're reading. So they don't physically get enjoyment from what they read. Are those people dummies or? um... No, it's just a different way that brains function. So they're able to read it, retain it and understand it, but they just can't create that kind of visualization. It's like some people can't smell ants. What is that as a (laughs) meme that has happened recently? Everyone's been talking about smelling ants. That is such a weird sentence. And it's true. All over the internet, all over my Facebook feed, people talking about smelling ants. And this sounds like a gigantic conspiracy to get people to accidentally snort ants. No, some it's like uh, people who dislike or like cilantro. It's just different brain chemistry. Some people have this aversion to ants that gives them an aroma. Now, it's not because they're averse to them that they have the aroma. It's that... How close do you have to be to an ant to smell it? I don't know. I can't smell them. But I, I have I don't a friend think, who can. I don't think anyone can. I think this is a joke. This is a big, like, worldwide meme practical joke. Well, it, it's so... It's... When you smell a skunk smell, I know people who like that smell or yeah. gasoline. Uh, yeah, but you can like or dislike a smell, but everyone smells it. Okay. I don't think that cilantro tastes like potpourri or soap. But you can taste it. I can taste it, but it, it strength of um, strength of flavor or strength of scent can affect people differently. Sometimes you don't smell the thing I smell outside kind of thing. So it's, I, I, I don't know. I I think it just hits the nasal passage in a different way for different people. I think it's all a lie. Okay. I think people are lying out there. Liar. Lying and laughing. Shut up, witch. So, uh, Seinfeld reference? Oh, I was I was going for Princess Bride. Ah, well, that's a good one, too. So this fellow here, the wearing the pleasant headdress, uh-huh. he is apparently, he became very big in Bollywood. Um, as a villain because of this movie. So he would do tons of, um, and he, he had his head shaved for the movie and he liked the look of it so much. He kept it shaved for all of his subsequent villainous roles. Interesting. Yeah. It became quite a big deal. Did, so you, you've seen now all the star Wars movies, right? Yeah. Including the prequels. Yes. I just haven't seen any of the animated series. Neither have I, but I'm looking forward to seeing that at some point. Um, so, and I haven't seen all of Mandalorian. Well, I know, because I was trying to watch it with you and Mark for a while, and that... Was you also going... haven't finished Watchmen with us. At a slow pace. Oh, yeah, I need to do that. Yeah. 
well, we need to we need to actually plan stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so if you'll remember some of the main themes in the Phantom Menace movie, Star Wars Episode One. Okay. You're gonna hear it in this movie. But this came out first. True that, but he per- he stole from his own stuff and uh, did it again in a better way, I think. But you will definitely hear the music in this. So something that I thought of while watching this scene, we're, we're pushing our victim into a cage mm-hmm. to lower him on a magical platform. It was sure nice of them to install oh shit bars on this for him. Oh shit bars? Yeah, they gave him little hate. So they, they latch his wrist, but there's also little things for him to grip onto if he gets to be a scared boy. I thought that was very nice of them. Look, his hand is holding onto it now. Usually, if you're torturing and ripping out the heart of a, a, you know, a sacrifice, you're not so considerate enough to give them an oh shit bar to hold on to. Kalima. He's going to claw his way down his chest. So. All right, here, listen. The Jewel of Fate song. Yep. Did you actually know the name of that song? Yeah, I actually have it on my scores playlist. Yeah, it's almost identical. So I think one of my favorite things is where they <laughs> they do bad translation of the lyrics. It's like oh yeah, that's right. I think you showed that to me a while ago. <laughs> So, uh, in but this, but even that that part the where he goes dum 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 is in the movie too. Oh, like really? the whole song is basically in this movie. I need to find it. There's something that I, a video I found where it's this song in Star Wars, like uh, the Indiana Jones main title and Star Wars. If you play one of them in reverse, you hear the other. Oh, really? Yeah, I need to. I oh, I think you might have mentioned that in the first Indie Joe movie. I meant to find it. But um, so as we're lowering this guy into the magma, liquid hot magma. So I, I had another distracting thought that I had to research immediately. And so I, I was wondering, I was like, OK, at what distance from magma? Would Does you one ju- catch on fire? Yeah. Would one catch on fire or die from smoke inhalation or yeah. something you know, detrimental or just the heat would physically cook you. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I actually found <laughs> the answer to that question. Oh, very good. So it, one of the things that I would also like to point out that's kind of scary is to, if you were one of like the virgin sacrifices that they throw into a volcano, you may not die on impact. You, you'll die very quickly after, but people don't just like sink into the lava. They kind of cook on the top of it. Right, because it's, uh, th- when you start to cool down the surface, it mm-hmm. starts to harden on the surface. Yeah. So you get cooked from under that. Yeah. So you're just floating on top, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. But uh, the other part of it is like, this is not an exact science because we don't just throw people <laughs> into volcanoes anymore. Well, yeah, and it but, also might not be taking into account the situation where this is basically a big convection oven. Yeah, because they're also in a cave. They're yeah. not in like an open volcano. So the, the, the study I found says that you might actually burst into flames or burn as you're descending to the lava magma surface, depending on the type of lava. Temperatures actually have a range approximately. 1,200 to 2,200 degrees. 
You might also burn before you hit the lava or magma due to the radiant heat, or you yep. could asphyxiate or char your lungs due to the hot air and gases above the surface of the lake. So they didn't give an exact depth that you could die because you may not die until impact. It just really depends on the environmental situation going on at the time. And so there's not a precise study, but the temperature range would indicate that you're likely to die before impact. Yeah. And I think that these guys have the very best liquid hot magma. So they probably have it at the high range of temperature, but also it's enclosed with four walls on either side. So the heat is coming up and being funneled through this small opening. Mm -hmm. So as you're going, you're getting the full blast of that heat. So my question also is, why do you have to use the trapdoor magma and what's wrong with this cave pit? They're lowering him through a specific mechanism in the floor that's separate than... Um, oh, this the, big, the uh, big opening gap. right here. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And why did they need the lowering down mechanism at all? Why didn't they just kick him in? They wanted to... Um, it was something with the heartbeat. Well, he's got the heart in his hand now. Yeah. I, I, they wanted to scare him and then retrieve the body. I don't know. Well, you're saying stuff, just reasons. Now, there's some times where I say stuff and you're like, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> that was just, one of those moments. You're like, hey, you should retrieve the body perhaps. And so. uh, yeah, I don't know. What if it was a rejected sacrifice and they didn't want to offend their God, so they had to pull it out? See, now you're talking nonsense that makes sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm no... I'm no ritualistic sacrifice knowledge expert. But you seem to be, so I don't, you're being I hard on yourself. I've a virgin in my day, sure. <laughs> See, you're being we, hard on we yourself. We all have. Well, you know, we've all been to college. So, so I'm guessing... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the way you said it just made it sound like, you know, something pedestrian, like a paddling. Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry, did you get paddled in college? You didn't? No. What kind of school did you go to? Well, I was part of Greek life. You weren't. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently people get paddled in Greek life. Yeah. Haven't you seen Animal House? No, you No, haven't. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, on the list. I haven't unlocked the secrets to university life yet. We'll get there. <laughs> All right. So we've been talking long enough that my iPad has gone to sleep. Kalima. Mm -hmm. Kalima. Ooh, so are we getting to the next part of the song? Still alive. It's not going to help you, buddy. So you're saying that they lower him down in this uh, cage mechanism in case their god decides to spare his life, and then they're like, oh, we must uh, retrieve him. Not not spare his life, but if he was an inferior offering, uh, maybe the god would signal in a different way. Like, this mm. is a bad offering. Yucky poo. Mm. You know, I was I was with you when I thought that you you were talking about the god Lit, sparing his life. Chosen. And then they, they pull it back up and they're like, oh, he's unmarked. He must be... A witch. A golden boy. <laughs> uh, I mean, could be that too. We're going to make him our new prophet. He'd be highly profitable. Well, he'd have his life. Oh, there he goes. He boiced into flame. So what's up with the heart catching on fire? So I think maybe that's a sign that the offering was accepted. Heart's on fire. It's a lot of interpretation. Now, when they pull it out, if it was as hot and like magma absorby as it, we think, Seems wouldn't to be. it be red? Uh, if it had not melted, melted itself, yeah, that's then yeah, point. it would yeah. be red, yeah. 
What kind of magical aura are they working with that it wouldn't melt at 2,200 <laughs> degrees? I don't know. And as we were saying, it would have cooled the surface down. And probably once it had gone under, it would have had a lot of solidified stuff on it. It might have been hard to pull out. Oh, and, and at what temperature does bone melt? Now i got to look up more science. Yeah, it would have melted in there. Certainly, certainly. There's more of your song. Here we go. He's got big stones. As guys, we respect other guys with big stones. All right, so they're putting glowy stones in eyeball and nose of big uh, stone skull. Mm-hmm. Kalima. Kalima. Don't back up too far, guy. Don't yeah, back I know. Up you really want to look. You want to look where you're going. I mean, I'm sure you feel the radiant heat on your tushy. <laughs> That's <but> probably <laughs> true, too. <laughs> Whew, my chaps. Okay. Close enough. <laughs> I don't know, kid. Shut up, kid. You bother me. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? Shut up, kid. You bother me. I don't remember. Why does he care about diamonds? That's, that's an unexplored character trait of him. Apparently, he loves diamonds. He likes money. I like money. You sound like Dax Shepard from Idiocracy. <laughs> I like money, though. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I like money. I can't quote that movie like you can. I don't think anyone can. <laughs> Maybe Dax Shepard. Maybe. <laughs> Dax, if you're listening, can you still quote the movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on our podcast. Down there. Yeah. Yeah. We would love to have you. And we're just going to have you. We're not going to ask you any interesting questions about your life or your other pieces of your career. We just want you to quote from Idiocracy. Um, I mean, if I could trouble you for it, I would love to say how much I love your wife. No. Nope. No, this is just uh, quoting Idiocracy. That's all we're doing. Okay, but I do love Come Kristen. on the show, Dax. Maybe Kristen, too, for me. Nope. Unless she can quote Idiocracy, we don't want her. No, I want her. She can She can talk Anna with me. Nope, Anna. nope, Anna. nope, nope, Come nope, on. nope, 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 nope. Fine. Dax. But also <laughs> Kristen. <laughs> Look, I love Kristen Bell. She's awesome. She's cool. She's intelligent. She's awesome. And she's cool. And intelligent. And intelligent. And she loves sloths. And awesome. She might love sloths. No, she does love sloths. Well, I believe you. I don't have any counter evidence. So, picture this. Picture the scene. Indy Joe is captured and put in a cage with Shaft Wrinkle and another kid. Short round? Yeah, that's the guy. So, we've got uh, this other kid in the cage who says, I pray to Shiva to let me die. So, this is going to be our Futurama reference. Aw, Shaft Wrinkle. Let me die, but I do not. Now, now the evil of Kali take me. How? They will make me drink the blood of the Kali. Then I'll fall into the black sleep of the Kali Ma. What is that? We become like them. Yeah, yeah. So, the guy that was just talking, who wanted to die Mm -hmm. and such. The child? Is Tress McNeil. Tress McNeil. No, she plays all or most of the women in Futurama and a lot of them in Simpsons, Disenchantment, all these shows. She's been in the industry for a long time, has a hell of a resume, lots of cartoons, millions of cartoons, but she plays a ton of voices in Futurama. Interesting. She plays mom. Oh, the newscast, the female newscaster. I love mom. Hattie. (laughs) The, the batty old crazy lady with cats and a purse. Mm -hmm. You're, You're young. Whatcha call it? That's what she calls people. 
I like that there's a crazy cat lady in every universe of a macaroni. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's anyway, a trope that just keeps on giving. But she, oh, she also plays a lot of the children in Futurama and Simpsons. And that's a convention for cartoons that women play male children. So this, the, the voice was hers or yeah. that? Okay. No, the, I, yeah, the yeah. voice, the voice is Tress McNeil and the, this, this young buck mm. is played by some fella. Just some guy. Just some no name, no nothing fella. Who they didn't care for the voice of. Maybe no he sounded like, oh gosh, I always forget the actor's name. Like he's kind of known for having that weird randomly Nick screamy Nolte. voice. Oh, <laughs> no. It's, what if he sounded like Nick Nolte though? Also that. Howdy, I mean, partner. I'm just coming over here because... I oh, wish Shiva would take me. Smoking so many... I just want Shiva to kill me because I'm... <laughs> I'm smoking so much I can barely breathe. Smoke. Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but who are you saying? Lots of screamy people? Okay, I just cannot remember the guy's name to save my life ever. Uh, he was in uh, Scrooged, and he just is kind of known for having this weird voice. Like, he just... Absolutely bizarre voice. That's Bill Murray. No, not Bill Murray. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Bill Murray starring in uh, Scrooge. That was definitely him. I never said he was the starring guy. He was the guy who was going to come shoot up the studio. Oh, oh. Um, you know who I'm talking about. That guy who has a very bizarre, weird voice. And they, they gave a reason for it in Scrooge. Like they said he got hit in the head or something. But it's just a weird guy. What about the guy, uh, the bad guy? Bobcat the- Goldwaith. <laughs> Yeah. He gets that kind of weird uh, quality to his voice. Yeah, like it just—he just—he goes in and out of that kind of. It's like he talks inwardly and outwardly, like you know, like if you're taking Circle a breathing. breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, He—he's an odd fella. Yeah. Apparently, they're trying to bring him back in the industry. But um, remember the dude at the end of Roger Rabbit, the bad guy. It was, when he talks like yeah, this, that when freaked- I killed your brother, <laughs> <laughs> that freaked me out as a kid. Uh. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's Doc. It's okay. You don't have to be scared of Doc. I was scared of him. Yeah. <laughs> I I cry when he kills the shoe. <laughs> I know this surprises no one who listens. No. Although, I'm sure, when I was a kid, I it, it, it saddened was, me. He was such a cute, happy little puppy shoe. Yeah, like, he was. Yeah. Didn't uh, somebody else, did the car get it? No. Yeah, the car was fine at the end. Okay. He hurt himself, but he was fine. Right. I think he had to drive through some of it. Yeah, some, some of the ooze. Yeah. Uh, the dip. Hell of a good movie. You know a movie that I wish I hadn't seen? This one? Yes. <laughs> the Meg? So let's return to it. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I'm really scared to watch Schindler's List because that's going to be our... Like, we won't be able to laugh. And if we're not laughing, what fun are we having? You don't think I can laugh at Schindler's List? You underestimate me. I don't think you have the stones. <laughs> challenge accepted i don't know if i'll actually laugh at it i don't think you can i think that would damn like i don't think you could well fair enough i don't know if it's one for our podcast then well i don't know we can have a serious episode every now and then yeah i mean we we have to i think we have to they can't all be levity like because if we're watching good movies and kind of we made casablanca funny yeah I mean, I think so. I don't know what the viewers would, or listeners would think. So I have to assume um, that this is a ritual based on some sort of hypnotism. And if that's true, can I also assume that Indy, being a man of study, would not be susceptible to it, as we know that one of the tenets of hypnotism is you have to be, you have to believe that you are susceptible. Well, I yeah, I, I took it to mean that he was not 
hypnotized that this is real magic. It took him getting burned to snap him out of it. Yeah, but that seems oh. to be the case for the kid also. That that just seems to be part of the magic that fire snaps you out of it. Yeah, and and that was before I saw the the trivia about the the snake um, kind of tightening around him when he was trying to disobey. Right. Yeah, I think that this was genuine magic, but I, this does bring up a good point because in the first movie, which is after the events of this movie, he says at the beginning that he doesn't be- he doesn't believe in magic and and all this hocus pocus stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's already been a firsthand experiencer of uh, magic and voodoo and stuff like that. He had the voodoo doll burning him and such. Yeah, that's true. So that seems like an inconsistency in the writing. <laughs> Look at this guy's arm. What's up? It looks super sinewy right here. He's a beefcake. Yeah, but doesn't his arm look like it's it's differently sinewy than his chest? Yeah. He looks kind of like flabby a little bit. Yeah, it's weird. It's like the the muscle doesn't seem to be connecting in a way it normally would on a, a muscular guy's arm. Well, I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like when Henry Cavill or Chris Hemsworth are getting prepared for a movie, they have to work out a ton, and then right before they shoot their scenes, like a day before, they have to dehydrate, mm-hmm. oh, and it makes it, it makes their skin cling to the muscle, getting rid of all like the water in their skin and stuff like that, which makes them look much more ripped. But it only looks like he did that for his arm. <laughs> and, and part and, of his arm yeah because it, it looks like this is his arm and then his arm has a little tumor what would have happened if the doll flew into the lava pit so with uh voodoo dolls what what's what's the uh the logic of it in this movie they had the voodoo doll of harrison ford dangling over the fire and it was burning presumably harrison ford felt the burning on him mm-hmm. but he's not actually getting singed yeah, his skin isn't actually burning away and bubbling and whatever. So I, I'm just wondering if there are different rules for voodoo dolls everything, in different movies, different cultures. Everything I've ever read of voodoo dolls is like if I was to stick a pin by the eye of the, the doll, whoever I was intending to harm, they would feel the pain, but it wouldn't actually cause bleeding. Right. Uh, yeah. So then child's play, I guess, was the aberration from that rule. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I've seen that done in other movies, like in um, Stardust, which I don't think you've seen. There's a voodoo doll, and there's a unique way that they handle the the voodoo lore, the uh, the, the doll lore, anyway. Stardust? I don't think I've even heard of this. That's the one with Michelle Pfeiffer, Claire Danes, Robert De Niro, and oh gosh, I'm gonna uh, Lord Blackwell. There's um, a voodoo movie with uh, Robert it, De Niro. It's not voodoo. It's uh, Ricky Gervais is in it too. What? Yeah. Oh, everyone is in this. I, I love that movie. It's it's one that we're going to watch eventually. Wow. It's based on one of my favorite Neil Gaiman books. When did it come out? 2000. Oh, no. It may fall under that golden buzzer rule. I think it's like five, 2005, maybe. All right. So that would have been right at the height of his fame coming out of The Office. I think that was 2003. He did. Uh, Gervais didn't have a major role in that movie. Uh, he was just having fun because I think he yeah. is friends with um, Neil Gaiman. Well, he also knows uh, Robert De Niro because he had him in Extras and they uh, 2007. Talked. So that would have been after Extras. Yeah. So anyway, that, that movie also has a unique take on 
they didn't ever call it voodoo or a voodoo doll, but it's basically that's what it was. Interesting. All right, so for here, Indy has already snapped out of his uh, voodoo curses and his hypnotism. Uh, well, are you maintaining that it is a hypnotism and not real magic? I mean, it, it's magic intended to hypnotize someone or control them. So it could be magic, but the end result was the the controlling. Okay, so you don't, but you don't mean hypnotism in in the scientific sense that he was merely just suggested. Right, he he was put in a state of susceptibility, not the scientific hypnotism, but like a magical control thing. Right, right, yeah. okay. All right, so he's snapped out of his hypnotism curse and starts chasing down the fella that was uh, not the mess. <laughs> oh God, we just missed it. Takes off his headdress. Can't fight with your headdress on. <laughs> <laughs> so Indy just chased after him, and he, he just he was lying on the ground and slides down this trapdoor that was so conveniently placed to get him out of that particular situation. Do you remember a game? It's a board game called Thirteen Dead and Drive. No. Well, it's a game where it's kind of like mousetrap where you have to set up all these little pieces to, to make the game work. But there's a trap door by a fireplace, and this reminds me of that. It's so silly. I mean, there was a tremendous foresight by the, the designers of this place to leave trap doors near where some Har Harrison Ford fella might be brandishing a stick at you. And it's not very long. Like, I feel like if anyone else laid on that, they wouldn't be able to use the the exit quite the same way. <laughs> How did, how did he activate it, by the way? How did he open it? We didn't see. Magic. He just kind of like... Magic. Wee. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the and fact that he went cackling off into it was kind of hilarious. Maybe it was like a tickle slide. <laughs> <laughs> feathers on my feet. <laughs> it's always the feathers. <laughs> I uh, did not know that. But it's just such an interesting... Uh, this whole movie is a joke. <laughs> Anyway, 135, 34. So they have fought their way through and they are now escaping on a mine car. And I was just thinking, you know, I don't like roller coasters. They terrify me. The drops make my stomach lurch real bad and I don't enjoy that feeling. This looks like fun. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And I will mention that as as you're watching the, the mine cart roll around, trundle along, if you will, trundle. it's superimposed on the background, which is the cave walls, which are made out of tinfoil. Tinfoil? Yeah. Interesting. So it's miniatures. It's only a miniature. Only a miniature one. And so the track that they had the cart on where, where they were filming was in a circle. So they just filmed it going around and around. And to make it look like different locations, they just uh, adjusted the light differently. Hmm. We got company. Let her go. Let go of the brake. What? Let her go. Our only chance to run them. Then two seconds later. So this is a, a mine shaft in India. And most people that are working the mine appear to be native. So my question is, why is this danger sign in English? So this is the, the English sign was reading danger. 
that yeah. they're going, you know, in a bad direction. And they happen to be going on a course that's going to take them off a, out of a cliff face. Yeah. Why? Did they build tracks there? They hadn't, maybe hadn't finished. Where are they going? Straight to down? To infinity and beyond? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm willing to bet he didn't get paid enough for, you know, trying to kill someone that way. Just well, risk taking the flying leap. Yeah, probably not. Also, it's interesting. Uh, Harry Ford injured his back. I forgot what stunt did it to him, but he did a really bad back injury. They had to fly him back to California. He had to have spine surgery. Ooh. And so he was out of commission for basically the rest of the movie. So his stunt double actually looked a lot like him, apparently. That right there. <laughs> Very fake looking. Well, I'm curious. Okay, so I'm just going to pause it while I finish. So uh, anyway, the stunt double uh, took over the rest of uh, uh, most of his scenes. And usually they have to kind of point away from the stunt double's face. Mm -hmm. But he looked so like him that they could do like mid shots and stuff like that and actually keep in frame. Anyway, so I just rewound it. And this is where the body goes on the tracks and the other minecart smashes into the body and then flies off. And I just want you to look at it because I think it looks like CG. Did they ever redo these movies? I think they cleaned them up for like releases, like different releases. Because there's another shot near the end of the movie that really looks like they used CG. And this is one of them. So he's on the cart. She punches him off. Yeah, like, that, that looks like CG. How do you do that without CG? Claymation. Stop, stop motion animation. <laughs> yeah, it's possible, but that would have been really clean stop motion animation. And that's just, okay, so they just made a jump from broken tracks. Yeah. That, that's crazy. It's like a kid's movie. It's like Goonies. Which, which you know I, you don't like. Which is why I disrespect Goonies. All right, so they came to the end of the line. He would have ruined his shoe. He ruined his pants. I've actually done that. I don't remember how. I think I put my shoe on the tire of a running car or something like that. Well, that seems like a bad idea. Just to see what would happen, and my, my shoe actually smoked like that. Well, and I bet it smelled <laughs> fantastic. Probably. All right, so they're running away from the water, and they're going toward the light. And so that's not how water works. You just wouldn't be instantly safe by going down the other way. <laughs> I know. I didn't even think about that, but you're totally right. That's silly. Water just silly. goes everywhere. I know. The water ignored them for a bit. It's like, eh, we're going to go out this bigger hole. <laughs> we're lazy water. All right, so there's the tracks right there. That looks like they broke. But where were they going? I think it was just a pause. They weren't done. Maybe they, like, it was, like, a, something to make the cart tip and empty out uh, rock that they didn't need or something. Uh, possibly. And... You know, from all the rock dumping they were doing, that created a dam, and that's why the water dried up in the town, not because of the magic stone. It's magic this. water. So you can see uh, some of the green screen work that they had going on here. I guess they had green screens at the time. I mean, they had the yeah, no, functional they, equivalents. They but them walking over there on that part of the cliff, mm -hmm. you can tell that, first of all, they're at a different resolution. They're a little bit more clear than the rocks around them. The lighting is just slightly different. So, no Jim, and they're not casting shadows. Jim Henson used a really interesting way to do a sort of green spring, uh, green, green spring, 
green. He's a great musician. <laughs> green screen. Uh, he, they where he did a similar thing, but used black velvet, kind of dark, mm-hmm. and then superimposed the images onto the black velvet. And that way, uh, his puppeteers could manipulate certain puppets in certain ways mm-hmm. and be less obvious. Green it, green screen. Mm-hmm. Technology had not been improved at its, as quite to the level it is now. Well, it's actually gone beyond green screen now. But uh, green screen isn't really the technology. It's the technology. Kind, it, it, it's, it allows you to eliminate that color. Easily. Yeah, exactly. So you can have green, blue, and red, which are the common colors that people would use. And it's whatever is kind of the most distinct from the foreground people mm-hmm. and objects and stuff like that. But actually, Disney and The Mandalorian has started to use things. Uh, they still use some green screen, but for the most part... They have this amazing technology now where it's a 360 wall of just it's a gigantic screen all around. So they build the set in the center and the edges is a huge screen and on the ceiling. So when the film looks at it, it uses VR technology so it can change the background and the perspective based on where the camera is. So not only can the actors actually see what's going on in the make-believe background, but the camera is getting it in real time. And so the, you're getting real light coming from the screens that's lighting the actors. So if there are explosions happening and stuff like that that are make-believe in the background on the screen, the light is actually happening on the actors in real time. It's so good. That's really cool. It's so good. It's amazing. All movies need to do this now. It's so cool. Technology is uh, it's an amazing thing. It's definitely cool to see the evolution of where we've come like specifically in film technology yeah from you know the the early silent films to to now i've got to say i've been watching a lot of the behind the scenes stuff for mandalorian and it has reawakened the film geek in me i just love listening to the directors and the writers and the effects people just they're geeking out about how cool it is that they're not only working on star wars but that they're using all this cool new technology to on kind of a low budget, make some amazing looking stuff. Huh. And they're, you know, they're using miniatures and also green screen and a bunch of other practical effects and stuff like that. So I look, I learned how they did Yoda's head. And so it's all mechanics and they also have puppeteers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the director, I'm just geeking out at this point. <laughs> this has nothing to do with Indiana Jones. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> but, I was waiting for the circle back and we just, <laughs> no, I'm not going to circle back. I just, let's do Mandalorian. Fine. I'll stop talking about it. I just, oh, so cool. No, so I, it's, it's, it's better. It's better than this movie. I've never heard you that like passionately excited about anything before. So that's that's it. I know when I watch a good thing, I just want to talk about it. Well, we'll we'll get you watching a good thing soon. All right, let's just be done with this movie. All right, so I, (laughs) (laughs) so I think I've got one more thing. They're all dangling on the bridge and fighting over the stones. Dude falling down looks like he was aided by CG. Yada yada yada. Whatever, it doesn't matter that much. And my next one, they save the day and go back to the village. Oh, she's super annoying killer. Uh, This is notes that I've written myself. I'm sure she is. We don't need to play it. Uh, He whips her to him. Wow, how sexist and awful. Wow, so original. that I have yeah Yeah. and then the the romance it doesn't make sense I've said it all before movie over credits roll all right God Jesus Indiana Jones 2 The Empire Strikes Back worst oh oh God all right act four rose tinted feels Allison was it as good oh God was it as good as you remember and really think it was worse. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God you said that. 
I didn't used to hate this one as much as I do now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, what? Why? Why? But um, thing things stand out more in that I'm an adult than as problematic and just bad. Like, I, I think when you're a child, you don't necessarily pick up on bad acting the same way you do as an adult. Willie just was an eye and ear sore throughout this entire experience. It was full of stereotypes. It it was sloppy. Like <laughs> just It was sloppy. The story was uninteresting. The directing was honestly bad. The set design was pitiful. The characters were ridiculous. The sexism that they had to have been un- in their mind to create the character of Willie is astounding. So I honestly didn't expect to come into this ready to dislike it. And I apologize to Marty. I know you love it. Oh, um, yeah. I forgot that we're probably offending people that like this movie. Yeah. I can't believe people like this movie. It's This isn't even one that I can go back and be like, well, my, my childhood made me love it. And so I love it still. So that that's going to be Labyrinth. I will defend that one until I am in the grave. But this one, it just... It didn't have the same magic as the fourth or the third one. Fourth? Uh, first. First. Oh excuse boy. me. Sorry. Oh sorry. Boy. I meant to say first. She said and she loves the fourth one, guys. I don't know what I've to never, do I've never. I would never. I would never mean that. <laughs> With actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Uh, <laughs> actual cannibal? Have you not heard that song? No. Oh, I'll have to play it for you after we're done. But so for for me, my favorite in the pinnacle of the Indiana Jones franchise is the third movie, The Last Crusade. And the, this one, it's the barrier between me and watching The Last Crusade. <laughs> so you, you think that this is, I mean, really, it's just something that you should do is mm-hmm. to watch, you know, the second movie before you go to the third movie at least once. But do you think that any of this story was it didn't, necessary for moving on in the series? No, and it didn't give us anything new or exciting or developing of his character. Um, the third movie... Or enriching the, the world. Or enriching the world. It felt like it was out of place. Like It felt like a sitcom bringing on a new child actor to try to rejuvenate the series, and it just doesn't work. Because they already had good chemistry with the existing people. Not saying anything specifically about child actor in this. I just mean in the world. Like like when you're watching the Brady Bunch, they try to bring up that new cousin or whatever. And he just kind of was awful. Yeah. I had a thought and then it went away. And I'm really upset because it was going to be good. <laughs> it was going to, oh, you were going to love it. Maybe you'll come back to it. Did your perspective on any? So you, I think you already kind of answered this. Did your perspective on anything change over the years? It sounds like it did. It, it did. Uh, I've changed as a human. I've grown as a human. I, as a woman, how insulted are you uh, by the portrayal of the Willie character? You know, knowing it's because they hated women at the time, it just <laughs> it doesn't help. Uh, I, I was always annoyed by her. Now, so. In in Indiana Jones and in James Bond, you know, women characters aren't always great. They're not always written fantastically. Willie seems like she was intended to be worse. Well, so for like James Bond women, mm -hmm. usually their point is to be pretty. And then die. And to be in distress. And so it's a plot point for Indy. Mm -hmm. But what was she? 
Like, did she a ev- nuisance? <laughs> but she was never something that he needed to save. Well, right? did when he she ever was have in to the cage uh, and he was hypnotized, he had to try to save her from that. When the plane's going down, even though he was the reason she was there, he had to save her from that. Yeah, but he was saving himself. Like, so I'm saying if you deleted her character from the movie, mm-hmm. how different would the movie be? Like, there wouldn't it would be improved. <laughs> well, it would obviously be improved because you wouldn't hear her. But I'm saying, would the story not make sense anymore? He would have Which is actually, have... that's a better test. for What's that, Brechtel test or whatever? Bechtel, what, yeah. I think that's a better test. If you deleted the woman from the movie, would it break the story? And she was only the only female character that was named and we care about in this. Like, there's Care not... about? Well, it, they were writing a character that we were, in theory, supposed to have an emotion towards. Right. We were supposed to root for Indy, like, hey, you can get her. She's, you're going to love her. She, she was the only person who was female that was named. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe one of the snakes. They didn't name any of the snakes. You don't know. They might have called one of them Gerald. But, okay, in the movie where we could see, <laughs> and that's not a female name. <laughs> could be. <laughs> with your heteronormativity Listen, and horrible toss a coin to your snake witcher, witcher. <laughs> <laughs> um so no i i i don't think she was really necessary for the film they could have put short round in the cage and he could have saved short round and i think we all would have cared a lot more agreed yeah and they also didn't need to use so many stereotypes when writing his script oh yeah well yeah, I mean, there, there are tons of his dialogue that used kind of charming, broken English mm-hmm. that I don't know is like you, you can write a character that has broken English that doesn't know English very well. But it seemed like it was all of his lines were designed to be cute and the cuteness came from his ignorance or something. I don't know. It was it was it just felt a little bit naivete. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. The, the thing that really bothered me, like I said, I liked short round in this movie, so I'm sure they could have done better writing for a, a Chinese character that was that knew some English that had broken English. But the worst thing was just him saying it's crunchy like a fortune cookie. Yeah. That's what on earth are you talking about? But at least he was useful. He was actually useful. Oh, yeah. yeah, he yeah. was. He was. So do you think it contributed anything to cinema? Okay. It took away from cinema. <laughs> it robbed cinema of beauty and innocence and art. Mm-hmm. And I say it is nearly as bad as Meg. Nearly. It is not quite as bad as Meg, but it really came close. <laughs> and, but, but it's almost worse because it was George Lucas and Stevie Spielbs and Harrison Ford. And they made a movie nearly as bad as Meg. So does it shock you to know that all Indiana Jones fans unanimously love the trilogy in its completion over the fourth one with Shia LaBeouf. Well, this is what I've heard. And honestly, after having seen this movie, I am making my bet now that when I see the fourth movie and I'm going to, because I doubt that it will be worse than this movie. Well, all I will say is that it happened after 2003. Therefore, if you watch it, I'd have to use my golden buzzer to do it in here. Yeah, I'm not going to. Otherwise, I'm not going to. No, no, no. We don't, we don't have to do it for the podcast, but I'm going to watch it. And I'll just update you people about what I think. But I think that <laughs> I, I just seriously doubt that it's worse than this movie. Okay. I just, I don't think it now, will be. Now, I'm not fresh of watching Crystal Skull. 
I have, I've seen this more recently than I have Crystal Skull. So maybe my opinion would change after watching everything. Okay. I don't think it would though. All right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So, so, yep. It destroyed uh, cinema as we know it. And what, what what are your opinions on this? So I don't think it really contributed anything to cinema, um, but it gets us to the next film, the the far superior film. So I would say this film is the equivalent of a layover or Passover state. Also in a podcast. Yeah, but it's like if you're passing over a state that mugs you. <laughs> well, like I, burglarizes the plane. I, I heard it described in a podcast recently, and I really like this expression. It's like uh, going to a Pepsi state. What? A state that has Pepsi instead of Coke products. Oh. It You don't like soda, but it's... <laughs> doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> to, to me, it made me chuckle. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so uh, could would anything have to be changed for a modern audience? Obviously, the whole movie. So let's go on to Act 5, the Rose Award Ceremony. Nope. <laughs> I like that that's the standard thing is the, the button airs that's going to follow us to the end of the earth. Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, awards. Who do you give your Rose Award to? Short round. Short round, eh? Short round. I don't know that he was good enough to warrant the the Rose. I give it to the airplane. <laughs> because you. it was desperately trying to end the movie. It was, <laughs> it was trying to kill everyone, and I've got to give it up for that. Okay. So I give my Rose to the airplane. Thorn Award? Willie. I, I, I had trouble with this. So Willie was so bad that I almost gave my Rose Award to the volcano <laughs> who tried to end her. <laughs> well, so we kind of had a similar thought yeah, right there. No, I, I literally wrote that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I just, she was a mar for women. She's, yeah, totally was. But she was written that way. So like, I don't know how much of that is the fault of the actor and how much of that is the fault of the script and the people and Look, the, you know. we, we can blame Georgie Lou and Stevie Spielbs all day long. And I certainly do. They deserve so much blame for how terrible, not only this movie is, but how terrible her character is. Mm -hmm. She's got to bear some of the weight too. Oh yeah. Now, and the only reason she was there was because of nepotism. Maybe, maybe we, we don't know yet really. Yeah. But it's possible. Yeah. So, uh, so my Thorn Award, I really couldn't decide between Indiana and Willie because Willie was super ultra annoying, but Indiana was a bit rapey, bit cunty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, they, they tried to make him too, I don't know, like playboy -y. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. No, nothing about his character. He, didn't, he wasn't the intellectual that he was in the first one. And that's why we like him. We like yeah. him as a smart boy. Yeah, just everything when he isn't being rapey, he's being smarmy and just kind of, uh, I don't know. I mean, Willie is just impossibly annoying, and uh, she almost gets Indian short fella killed because of her idiocy. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I guess I have to give it to Willie. But just know that Indy was a, sh a really close second. You're begrudging. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, have you given an optional love award? My optional love award. Uh, so I, it, it was the same as the Rose and the Thorn. So it, I didn't think it was that exciting. Uh, my love award was short round because he, he was the only thing lovable in this movie. And I thought that the, the little actor fella mm -hmm. did a great job Good. with what he was given. It was, he was actually charming and I liked him. That's the nicest you've ever done for a, uh, 
child actor. I, well, for the, I guess the movies that we've done so far, but like I said, uh, I like all of them in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate award, obviously, everybody else in the movie. So, how do you feel about moving on to ratings? Let's do it. All right. So, I for the genre, I said action. Well, what do you give it for action? Four. And that's being generous? I wasn't generous. I gave it a two. So, when I think of action films, I usually don't think of great dialogue or script, but yeah. It's, no, yeah, yeah, I wasn't. I was. I wasn't pulling it down for it having bad characters and other things. I was actually talking about the action and the only compelling, non-laughable action scene in this movie was the minecart chase, mm. and that was laughable. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even that ended with like an inex- the the rail inexplicably ending at the face of a cliff. Yeah, and it just goes out into nothing. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah. So I know there was a danger sign, but what were they doing? What were they planning? Anyway, but the action, that was the only action scene, I think, in the movie that I didn't laugh at. Yeah. So. And maybe you were tired from laughing at everything else. It's possible. <laughs> uh, directing. Three. Three. Yep. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the effects were convincing. The minecart chase, for the most part, I thought was pretty good, but most were not. The heart grabbing looked like he was reaching into a rubber sack. Yeah. Uh, the plane crashing. Like if you looked at the explosion at the beginning, when the plane went down, it crashed into a mountain. Like there was no shading from the explosion onto the bright white snow. It looked so fake. Yeah. It looked fake, so bad. Fakey fake. Uh, the set design, terrible. The the lighting and that it made it look like a sitcom. And the the kind of obvious backdrops. Yeah, it was uh, just bad. Stevie Spielbs, you should be ashamed, and he is. <laughs> He's come back and said, I'm ashamed. Yeah, he has. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not saying anything that he doesn't already know, but oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. It was a dark day for you. <laughs> dark day. <laughs> so for music? Eight. So I will say now, now remember. Now, now. This came out before. I know. <laughs> so this was what he based the other one on. So I will say that the music, the Indiana Jones theme this was the bright spot dun, dun, dun. and otherwise dark blemish on my memories. <laughs> so uh, I give it a four out of 10. Okay. And not because of Duel of Fates, because obviously this came first. But there was also other uh, music in this movie that I thought was very reminiscent of Star Wars themes, especially the Dagobah. The, the canteen song. No, the Dagobah oh, no, planet. So when they, when they landed on, it's very kind of mysterious and uh, spooky. Mm-hmm. A little bit. And basically, I, it sounded exactly like that music in this movie. So it was it was that. It sounded very Star Wars-y. But also, the theme song was made in the first movie. So it was really, you know, nothing new. But when I still hear it, I still get excited. So maybe I'm basing it on that. I expected something new and good. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. Uh, well, so four out of ten for me. Mm. Yep. So um, writing? Three. One. <laughs> and yours is probably more fair yeah. <laughs> yeah it was the story the tone the characters the themes it was all bad mm-hmm. the only thing that saved it from being a zero was the pacing the pacing was fine now, like it got from thing to thing in, in the appropriate type of speed now, now i know you're going to disagree with me all right you're wrong but the acting i gave a minus 0.5 <laughs> a minus 0.5 well i was not that mean <laughs> uh for, for acting i gave it a two <laughs> still bad but damn minus 0.5 it's not like in colony but 
<laughs> yeah, but I was going to say, come on, on the same spectrum, Lycan Colony is the zero. That's a hard zero. So ju- just consider really this dark vortex sucking all the other points away. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know, Mr. Harrison Ford was at a two, but Willie brought it back down. Like if we're doing like an acting from everyone yeah, or the, the laughing bad guy rolling away from the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. Um. All right. Well, man, that's brutal. Yeah. That's brutal. What's your what's your what's your real? <laughs> My real rating uh, is a one. That that one's the new lowest rating award. Yeah, terrible. Worst movie I've ever seen. <sighs> no, I can't say that. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. But it, it's it's down there, man. God damn. I will say this is the only time where I've dropped my my heart rating from the last episode. Is it really the first time? Yeah, I think this is the first time where I've like lowered it by two points. Uh, it was originally at a five, and I have lowered it to a three. All right, good, good, good. Yeah. But you still, you're two points higher than a one. What's what? Would you love about this movie so much? It, it wasn't so much that I love this movie <laughs> as we've clearly stated, but you know there there is something to be said about the universe of Indiana Jones, and um, it, it, there is a nostalgia there. So. All right. So, what's your heart rating? Oh, uh, sorry, uh, that was a. Three. I'm I'm lowering it from what I even wrote down here because just. What'd you have written down? I wrote down a four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just. All right, so double threes. <sighs> double threes. All right, my heart rating, one. Yep, but yeah. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> yep but yep. Uh, so basically, I'm never gonna watch it again if I can help it. <laughs> it's honestly, uh, it's the worst big budget movie I've ever seen. So does this change the way you feel about the lady recording? <laughs> is it that bad that it all <laughs> <laughs> no it doesn't but <laughs> it's I just like with the seriousness you're taking the question because you're really like, you're like does it though but does it no really <laughs> look it's a difference of opinion people can have those but really <laughs> <laughs> i'm still friends with marty after this and hopefully he'll still be friends with me we love you marty yeah, but just <laughs> terrible. So <laughs> I hope you stayed with us to the end, Marty. Please, I love you. When was the last time you saw this movie before we had to rewatch it for this? I think I was in my teens. And your nostalgia rating for that was, you say, a six? Yeah. I went into it expecting to like it more than I did. So this was really disappointing. I'll tell you what I did, too. I didn't go into this movie expecting to hate it. Yeah. But from the first scene, I was like, this seems like a farce. This seems like a spoof. This seems ridiculous. Yeah. And I was laughing at it the entire time. I don't know what the hell they were smoking when they made this movie. Certainly not in a bar, bar in California. Because <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Careful, California. You're supposed to be the wild, crazy state. <laughs> Let's go to the library. We'll have a wild time, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our next movie, surprise, surprise, Indie Joe 3. The Last Rise crazy. of Skywalker. So... He has uh, labeled our drive with all of these names, and now I can't find anything. It's like going into the closet, and you can't find your socks. <laughs> all right, so, all right, folks, let's let's watch. Do you do you want me to step away from the trailer while yeah, we play it for the fellas? Because I really want and, you to go in with a, a pure a pure view. All right, here comes the trailer. Read it and weep. We're about to complete a great quest, the Holy Grail, Doctor Jones. Oh, rats. 
The shield is the second mark. We found it. Indiana Jones is on the quest of a lifetime. But for some adventures, one Jones is not enough. Dad? Junior? Don't call me that, please. Follow me! I know the way! A race across three continents. And in this sort of race, there's no silver medal for finishing second. Hang on, Dad! We're going in! Into the homeland of the enemy. Nazis. I hate these guys. Our situation has not improved. In his search for the Holy Grail. How dare you kiss me? Are you crazy? Don't go between them! Go between them! Are you crazy? Where's my father? In the belly of that steel beast. Dad! Junior! You call this archaeology? The quest for the grail is not archaeology. It's a race against evil. Germany has declared war on the Jones boys. Those people are trying to kill us. I know, Dad! It's a new experience for me. Happens to me all the time. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Have the adventure of your life. Keeping up with the Joneses. All right, so there it is. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Did it look bad? No. It it was more comical in the trailer than I feel like. I, I don't laugh as much during the movie as I do in the trailer. Oh, okay, so you were, you were giggling, were you? Yeah, I um, had to mute myself so I can, you know, do my little, uh, it wasn't like full belly laughs, but it was like a tee-hee. I don't know, man. If we're laughing at this movie, I can't take another one. No more comedies? No, no. Comedies I can take that are supposed to be comedies. Yeah. I I can't take another bad Indy Joe movie. I'm hoping that this is its redemption as I give it a nostalgia rating. Of 7.5. 7.5. By God, I hope it lives up to that. Mm. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, that that was Indiana Jones 2. What what more can you say about it? Utter shit. Well, I, I also can give my predicted. Uh, should I give my predicted now or wait until we record? No, you never know. Start doing that. <laughs> I don't know why I sounded like that. <laughs> we it's can start 11 doing o'clock. It. Are you sleepy boys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I still have to finish editing Indiana Jones one. It's going to be releasing tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh boy. Well, you know, in listening to one, remember a pure simpler time when you hadn't watched two. <sighs> Man, that weighs on my heart. <laughs> so I'm going to say, and again, remember, out of a 10 rating, you find, you know, certain scores better that, that like, it, it sounds bad, but it's not bad. So I think you're going to give it a six and a half. So you predict heart rating of six and a half or a critical of six and a half? Critical. I think your heart will also be a six and a half. Oh, you're going six and a half for both. Yep. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see. Did you jot that down so we remember what you said? Nope. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll jot it. <laughs> 
All right, ladies and gents. That's it, man. So as we close off this episode, just let me say and remind the folks, if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read whatever it says on the show. So get out there and do that. I command you. And uh, please, if you feel interested, join our Facebook group, the RTR Community Face Place. It's a new happening place for fans of the show to discuss and post memes. You know, I hear all the cool kids are doing it. I've heard that too. I I, I haven't been allowed in because I'm not one. I know. it's We haven't met the criterion. But if you're a cool kid or suspect yourself of being one, apply to be a member of the RTR community face place. Yeah, because you can't be a cool kid unless you conform to what all the other cool kids are doing. That's right. That's right. I've always heard this. It's like goths. I've tried my whole life to do it and I've never been good enough. But uh, there you have it. So what about this Crowhurst fella? Oh, uh, Mr. Julian Crowhurst is our beautiful, wonderful composer who has a very cute beagle dog. Cannot confirm. Haven't seen it. All right. Well, that's been this episode of the Rose Tinted Reels. I can't remember if we introduced ourselves at the beginning, did we? I believe we did, but I'm Allison Krause. And I'm Zachary Pumpkins. Bye. Have a Thanksgiving full of fun and isolation. Ho? Because I get a ride? Ho? No. Come on, why? Cause Come on, I haven't heard the song. But does he actually go, ho? Yeah. Ho? We'll listen to it afterwards because you need to hear the actual song. Ho? <sighs> All right, so. You gotta you- run in your penny hose, even your daddy knows. <laughs> That's just sucking down chocolate daddy hose. <laughs> You hoes are horrible, horrendous. I'm taxing y'all right off hoes as dependents. <laughs> I see the hoe rising. It ain't surprising. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a oasis with ugly chick faces. This is horrible. <laughs> Riff raff, street rat. I don't buy that. If only they'd look closer. Zach is much better at being a Disney prince than I am at uh, rapping. Who would they see a poor boy? No siree. Sorry. Um, They'd find out. They'd find (laughs) out. There's so much more to me. I can't leave this in. It's log, it's log. It's big, big, it's heavy, heavy, it's wood. wood. It's log, it's log. It's It's better better than bad, bad. it's It's good. good. You're going to want a log. log. You're going to want a log. Log, log, log. <laughs> By log. <laughs> she needs to be where the people are. Going up there, fucking going around dancing on those, <laughs> what do you fucking call them? Feet. This has been singing Disney songs with Zach and Allison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot the, most up of the words to that one. Walk. Up where they talk, up where they spend all day in the sun. Wandering free. Wandering free.
Wish I could be. Wish I. Oh, thank you for feeding me the lines, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> Wish I could be. Part of their world. Part of their world. What would I give to spend a day out of the water? This kind of feels like William Shatner singing what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut out all of my singing and just leave in yours. That's amazing. <laughs> I want to be where the people are. Rocket man. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) All right. Um, I don't remember what was happening. Yep. 